This Watch Out for Fireballs Dispatch episode is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons such as Orky Bits, Alex McKay, Bill Tucker, Corey Elm, and Adam Sigmund. Thank you. If you'd like to join them, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs Dispatch, the monthly show. We answer your questions, discuss your topics, read your responses. Yeah, usual end of month stuff. Uh, a thing I realized when we're talking about the responses to the games we covered in, uh, um, oh gosh, what month is this? July. All of them begin with C. Oh. Unintentional. Oh, you, you've but stumbled onto my ARG. <laughs> <laughs> altered reality gary <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you got covid yeah uh, i've been you, augmented i didn't ask for this yeah uh it is currently 311 uh after the band and you did crash sure. your scion tc at 100 miles per hour mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i i checked into room uh 216 yes uh yeah conspiracies abound um <laughs> yeah we're looking forward to answering your questions it feels good to be i'm I'm still on my being high at being back at work yeah uh by which i mean deciding to go into work high i've been microdosing <laughs> cocaine yeah. um uh, that's real concerning gary i you know yeah, you, you can no, talk to I, me if you want to never done it done none of cocaine anyone looks at me be like that guy's never done cocaine <laughs> accurately uh, so <laughs> that guy's heart couldn't handle cocaine yeah no i i tried to play real big in the ready or not episode uh saying like oh that that person does cocaine like a rich person i've got no idea yeah. how people do cocaine <laughs> just seems why didn't baseball. i call you on that yeah I, <laughs> tell us more about the comparative cocaine habits it just seems like it, it, she 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 puts her whole whole face into it and just kind of you know a lot of it doesn't get up her nose it seems yeah. wasteful that's a very expensive yeah. cocaine it's like yeah. uh, you have later snacks. You like lick your your lip. Yeah, call, call it a mustache a soup saver. Yeah, a little, uh, little flavor saver for for cocaine. Yeah. Re- re- related to you uh, feeling good about coming back in, uh, I'd like to thank folks not just for being understanding about you being sick, but also like this has been a rough month. You know, this is the episode where, where we talk about uh, talk about things that are happening in the uh, uh, you know and happen generally. Sum up the month. It's been rough, and people have been very patient uh, with the disruptions that have uh, come along. Uh, oh yeah, I I don't know that I even saw one person. Like I, I don't read the exit exit surveys, so it's hard to say. But like nobody said this is unforgivable. You guys need to. Well, that one guy did, but yeah, that's different. It's so weird. There, there's like you know we'll, we'll say something like about a video game that somebody disagrees with, and somebody will be like, "You are the worst fucking frauds that have ever existed. I hope you die." <laughs> and then we can you know like something. And I understand this is. I'm we we should be let off the hook for mm-hmm. having a rough month. Like yeah. I think that's the way the world should be. These be I think that people are are being awesome yes. uh, with that. But I'm kind of surprised that there isn't more like consumer rights yeah. and and way more like oh you know I can't believe you, where do you get off you dumb <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. Everyone has been awesome and uh, it's really heartening. Mm -hmm. So I, I just really, really, you know, appreciate yeah. everybody. I will admit uh, the small man inside me was happy that your internet fucked up. So <laughs> there was a tiny piece of July's yeah. fucker, fuckaroos that wasn't on me. I know. Right. You know, and it wasn't on you, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it wasn't on me. So it's nice. <laughs> it's 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 on all of us. Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to take take a moment here and say thank you, not just for uh, you know, people who wished Gary well, who had wished mm -hmm. Gary a uh swift recovery, uh, but also just for the general understanding all around. Um yeah, awesome. Yeah. Job rules. Uh I wanna say that everyone should stay tuned to the end of this episode mm -hmm. because of course we're, we'll be doing our highlight, which we always do. <laughs> uh, you, we will also uh, be announcing the next month's games, September's games and announcing what is replacing orb on the schedule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, orb, our show about the venture brothers coming to a close. It'll be there for you. If you want to listen, listen to it in posterity, you know, I think it's pretty evergreen, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, when that goes away, we've got to fill that time with something else. And uh, we're real excited about it. That's one we wanted to do for a while. So coy boys. If, if we said we were replacing it with nothing, it would be very funny. <laughs> like if we did all this announcement, they're like, yeah, we're taking the, we're taking days off, man. No, no, no. no. We're, we've got another thing. Okay, yeah. It's going to be really exciting. Nathan, for you, Gif, I hope you're hungry for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll get to start here with Q's and A's here with Greg. Uh, Gregory says, I'm 46 now. And as I get older, I'm finding uh, true the same thing about gaming. My parents said about rock and roll music in the 60s when they were teens. Popular media tends to be made for the teens and 20s market. Everywhere I go, Twitch, YouTube, Discord, gaming conversations and videos are dominated by young people with very different viewpoints, ideas, and thoughts than me. There is, of course, media out there made by and geared towards older people, but with each year, it feels like I'm drifting more out of touch with the hobby of gaming. I still love gaming, but I wonder if gaming, like other forms of media, will always be dominated by young people with retro gaming just for old farts. Have you guys noticed this yourself, and have you felt that way as you get older? And overall, what do you think about this issue? So... I you're more advanced yeah. in years than I am, so I'm oh, going yeah. to give you primacy on this. And that is not like a subtle dig. It's just a 35-year-old commenting on whether or not they feel old is a little, I don't know, feels feels kind yeah. of goofy. I, I, I'm i not that old and neither is Greg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, you know, this, this is, I, I don't know. I This could just be, you know, thankful to be alive, Gary, mm -hmm. uh, 2022 Gary. But I I can't. For for me, just personally, and there's no judgment on Greg having feelings about this. Uh, I can't have feelings about this. Um, I I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just there there's. Yeah, I know this is a stock answer, but it's a source of great comfort in my life. Uh, the pie is so big that there's a piece I want no matter what. Yeah, you know. So like uh, a good example of that would be like YouTube. Um, I don't really watch Twitch, but I watch YouTubes and like a lot of it is, you know, this VTuber is doing Minecraft stunts, you know, while doing the hot chip challenge and planking, uh, and then icing a bro. Uh, hey dude, <laughs> all of your examples are from 12 years ago. <laughs> no, I, I know. It's, I was doing that on purpose, but the, uh, I can, I can watch that, but it, it's not hard for me to find something that feels age agnostic. Mm-hmm. You know, or something that does come from like a perspective that doesn't feel razzle dazzle and kitty. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the same people, the people who are our age, Greg, like also are making stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think that duck feed stuff is too razzle dazzle and kitty. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're old men. The, you know, and we, we, we exist. 
that's a component of my answer, which is because our community by and large seems to rest kind of right in, right in between us in age. Maybe that's changed as we've gotten older, but they generally like, I don't know, it's been a while since we surveyed, but probably median age of a listener is 30, you know? Yeah. Like uh, out of like being <laughs> aged out of somebody who would be impressed by fog machines and RGB lights. You know, yes. let's, yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's say that, you know, when you surround yourself with like-minded people who are kind of your, you know, your peers, um, you know, part of your cohort in some way or another, the stuff that, uh, will, you know, appeal to them, uh, starts surfacing and then you find it and it kind of doesn't matter what's happening in the, in the, in the mainstream. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and a lot of the stuff that's like, uh, in the mainstream, I still think of as kind of age agnostic. Yes. You know, there, there's, there's plenty of that stuff out there. Like there is stuff where it feels like it's tapping into specific teenager feelings, uh, you know, or specific, you know, what it would be like to be a teen in Shibuya, that kind of genre video game. And then mm-hmm. the, uh, music left to right, you know, I don't, I don't know how to, what to do with a triple X station. Right. You know, right. Or I don't even know how to pronounce that, but it, again, just bigger pie. I'll just put my, my eyes elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, so I don't feel necessarily alienated based on based on age or anything like that. I think that there's just a general truth, which is for different kinds of media, your taste gets solidified at different times. And yes. the thing is, that stuff and stuff that is inspired by that will always exist. So yes. Golden Age of Comics is 12. You know, music, it's probably whatever you listen to in high school or college. You know, games, probably pretty similar there. Uh, well, there's... Yeah. There's there's lineages as well, right? Yeah. So like uh I haven't watched it yet, but I'm really excited to watch Jackass Forever, for mm-hmm. example, which is about a bunch of cool kids who grew up watching that being spirited <laughs> into yeah. the next generation. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's not like stuff will necessarily go away. The uh the Thunder Gun episode, the next generation Thunder Gun, where he passes <laughs> the torch and yeah. uh, always sunny, <laughs> I think is really formative for this stuff. Yeah. Like you know, there's going to be a version of it. And that whole thing was about how that version sucked, but that's because the gang is are fucking awful people. Right, right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh Abrates, uh, what do you where do you find playable versions of old games that you cover for the show? Uh as an old man who doesn't trust anything he reads on the internet, sites like my abandonware that offer old games for free seem too good to be true. Uh, do you have any specific sites or emulators uh, that you find to be safe and reliable? Uh, I don't have a good answer for this. I Google each time. Mm-hmm. I don't don't really have things I go back to because it feels like they change uh, fairly often. Mm-hmm. Like things get taken down and put up. So I just Google each time. Yeah. Uh, that's how I do it. Yeah. Uh, for me, my first resort every time is Vim's Lair, Vim.net. I have no idea how it has stayed online as long as it has. I mean, literal decades. You can tell by looking at the site design that this is like a page that was made in 2002 and it still works mm-hmm. and has even like newer stuff. There's, you know, GameCube, there's Wii, uh, there's mm-hmm. WiiWare uh, things on there. So, and if it's not there, then I Google. Um, uh, as far as emulators go, uh, on Mac, I love open emu or open, emu, open emu, something like that. Um, which is like just an all in one player has all the cores inside of it, has a nice little library browser and on windows, um, generally, um, I use retro arc 
uh, is what I what I tend to use. Kind of a similar deal. Its interface is a little bit of a nightmare. Uh, it's kind of designed to be a little bit like, um, oh gosh, like the PlayStation Three cross media bar or whatever. Which is I, I fu- hate how it retroarch fucking atrocious. I would much rather open a new thing for each system <laughs> than deal yeah. with retroarch. Yeah, yeah, but like P- P- PCSX two or PS two CX or whatever uh, mm-hmm. is generally good. PCSX. Uh, for yeah. PlayStation emulation, just stuff like that. You can find a list of emulators and descriptions on Vim's Lair. Uh, yeah. And go. just Googling best one yeah. 2022 generally will steer you right. Mm-hmm. You know, not to not to abdicate the question, but yeah. that's all I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sites like my abandonware, I, like I forget my abandonware is a good one, uh, but lots of stuff that they have on there is just on the internet archive. And as long yes. as the internet archive continues to exist, um, which is in question now, thanks YA authors. Um, yep. But as long as that continues to exist, uh, Internet Archive is really good for for old PC stuff. Not just DOS, but they have Amiga, they have ZX, uh, C64, tons of stuff on there. Uh, and to you can play in browser. browser a lot of the time. Yes. Which is awesome for abject suffering. Where yeah. It's like, I don't necessarily want to play all of this game. I just need mm-hmm. a taste. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Doug, friend of the show, Doug, asks... Hey, gents, with Control on the Horizon, I remembered the game featured music from an in-universe band. I recently played through Guardians of the Galaxy, which had an album's worth of songs by fake 80s hairband Star-Lord, where the character takes his name from in that version. I was curious if you had any favorite in-game bands or songs. This would exclude things like Still Alive from Portal, since that's not technically a band within the game's world. Thoughts? This is generally rough for me. I, I, cause I, yeah, these are, these are hard. Some of them are good. I, I like the, uh, Karnak and street music and dishonored too. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds cool. Um, you know, and I, I can, I can dig like an in, in universe band, but a lot of it is actually a real band. Yeah. You know, like when I first played neon struct, I thought that band was made for the, the game. It wasn't it's just a real mm-hmm. band that did a licensed soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, so the line's a little bit blurry. It is. Yeah. I can't name a favorite one. And because this usually ends up being pulled in as music with lyrics that plays when you, you know, lyrics that go when you play, it tends to be, I don't know, feels a little bit too transparent. Yeah. 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 And Poets of the Fall, I think barely counts for control given that like they are a real band. Yeah. And, you know, so, so only kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and the old gods of Asgard are from the extended remedy verse no, i think that yeah. old gods of asgard is just poets of the fall affecting a different style i think that's true too it's like the dukes of the stratosphere yeah uh, xtc's prog rock band <laughs> the um but yeah it's a it's it's something that used to be a lot more impressive to me yeah. than it is now i think like mm-hmm. and i part of it is because i think the songs are not as good <laughs> still yeah. lies a good song <laughs> you know like that worked because i think that's a pretty good tune mm-hmm. you know um, and uh portal to one as well always want to yeah. throw that Written one in yeah. yeah uh let's see here duff writes your your hulk ultimate destruction episode reminded me of my experience with that game first it was the only video game that ever physically hurt me i was playing that near end game mission where you were chasing abomination while pursued by the government um, and was holding down the jump button so hard that my finger was numb for hours afterwards nowadays i feel like that mechanic would be on a refresh every few seconds so you wouldn't need to hold down the button to charge it up 
Also, it was my first introduction to the Devil Hulk. Uh, when I read The Immortal Hulk a few years ago, this game gave me context for that character, um, uh, for what that character meant, and its significance uh, when they showed back up. Uh, in this game, he was a force of devastation that promised to destroy the world, but in the comic, he was recontextualized as Banner's view of what his father should have been, uh, and only appeared monstrous at first uh, because of Bruce's toxic relationship with his dad. Have you ever had a piece of tertiary media help introduce you to things, uh, help introduce you to things, uh, and give you a good idea of how they worked uh, before encountering them in the source material? Yeah, so this would be, you know. Just to, to kind of rephrase the the question, like, did you ever get like a guidance story, yeah. that, you know, that you saw first that helped you with the main story or vice versa, mm-hmm. I guess, or the main, main uh, piece? Yeah. Uh, my, my example for this is that uh, the X-Men animated series uh, has informed the voices and personalities of those characters for me in every piece, every <laughs> form of media. That which, they've ever been in. Which can sometimes work for or against it. It's really weird to take uh, animated series Cyclops and put him into the Grant Morrison run. It's it's great. Like just, <laughs> It's so bland and declarative. He's the closest <laughs> thing they had to J.C. Dunton at that point. It, it does the most damage to Storm, who, who sucks in the animated series and is awesome in the comics. And it took me like a decade to shake that off. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's probably the closest uh, to, to my understanding of uh, what Duff is asking. Mm-hmm. Um, because the ages at which I got into D&D and PC gaming uh, so coincided, you know, roughly around mm-hmm. like 13, uh, 13, you know, 13 or 14 was when I started getting real interested in those. Uh, like I had played some PC, uh, specifically Neverwinter Nights, uh, because that was hyped up so much. I think that I played Neverwinter Nights before I bought e- for, before I even bought a um, uh, player's uh, handbook, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was an introduction to Forgotten Realm stuff for me. Well, no, I think that was also co- uh, uh, that that also coincided with reading the Drizzt books too. So it was mm. this it was this full court press. Yeah, <laughs> you were in the pocket of big D and D. I was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. In the pocket of big Drizzt. Oh, little man, breastfeed <laughs> on me. <laughs> I will nurture you with my dry milk. Drow's milk has extremely effective medicinal properties. Yeah. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> Scalding. <laughs> it's, it's priapism. It's, it's the medicinal property you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant that it was always it was always very, very warm despite the conditions. Oh, you know, that would be great uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, something in a warm bio milk. Bowl. <laughs> from a drow outcast, please. <laughs> uh, in a perfect world where uh, D&D had the same cachet that Star Wars had, so there was like a big D&D theme park uh-huh. instead of Galaxy's Edge, I would go to the tavern and have the drow milk instead of the blue milk. Oh, yeah. You know, just imagine like Dritz just comes up, gives you a squirt, like, <laughs> you know, like table side, like making guac. Can, can, can I warm this up for you? Yeah. Can I make you some bio guac? <laughs> you don't want to know where the guac comes from. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not as warm as it could be. It came from my body an hour ago. Uh, Jacob asks, uh, hello, Gary. And the other one, In- <laughs> that's very guppy. 
Thank you, Jacob. In uh, in Total Recall, they implant false memories of vacations or trips to Mars. But what if you can implant fa- memories of media? Everyone wants to read Gravity's Rainbow, but no one actually wants to go through with it. With the implant, you could talk about the book with all your smart friends. Better yet, Vampire is taking too long for the show. Just implant the memory of the whole game and you're good to go. Are there other pieces of media uh, that you would like to be recalled? Uh, I think about this all the time. Uh-huh. This is, this is a... a in my stock answer of like before bed, I'm generally thinking about superheroes and superpowers mm-hmm. and I do the little, like what superpower would you have experiment with myself? Just idly thinking. And one of them I was thinking about was absorbing a book's content by touching it and then running through a library with my arms out and then just be like, <laughs> bam, I know everything about gardening. Yeah. You know, everything. Uh, this, this has tons of appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that it, it's like there'd be a million Charlie Kaufman movies about how this is the wrong way to be, <laughs> uh, you know, but I, but I think it sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, I would love, I would love to do it for, for games, movies. I'd love to have the ability to be very choosy about the things I, I decide to, to experience in real time. And then the things I only kind of like, I could just suck up. Yeah, this would be, I think, really useful uh, for a lot of the things that I just read are the the, the reference books about, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to play all of, you know, the Sierra adventure games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would like to know what they did. So I could say with certainty, you know, what was a misstep and what wasn't as far as what came later. Right. Yes. Um, so, you know, I think that it, would I prefer a world where I only experienced uh, uh, media this way or, uh, you know, works this way? No. If it was only one way or the other, um, that would suck. Uh, however, if I could choose and use my discretion, um, I think that that would be uh, that would be worthwhile, um, especially because yeah. this 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 really only is like. You know, with video games specifically, it's kind of, I don't know, weird whose experience am I getting of this? You know, especially oh, if sure. it's not a, if it's not a straightforward narrative game, you know? Imagine it's like a Century Stone thing. Maybe. Like in, in Torment, like somebody plays it and you get their experience. Yeah. It would probably be a thing where games would be the the thing I would least want to use it for. Yeah. Like it would have to be a game I, I have pretty little interest in. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I'll take the entirety of Halo. I don't I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm not excited about it, but I'll see all of Halo. Yeah. You know, that's so, fine. I don't care, but it's not good behavior. Exactly. Yeah. It would, it would be for things like that. Yeah. Um, a, a, a good power, though. I would take it. Yeah. Uh, Andrew writes, hey, guys. Uh, what do you think of subscription services like Game Pass or Sony's new thing? I like the idea of trying new games for a couple of hours as they come out. But in practice, in practice I already have way more than enough to play. Uh, love all the shows. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't have a great answer for this because I tend to stay unplugged from mm-hmm. this because I do have enough stuff to play. Yeah. Um, I read about this stuff and keep a vague idea of the news, but it feels like a lot of people get mad about it one way or another. <laughs> uh, and I, I can't get that that angry. I think eventually, like I like a subscription service. It's how I do music and it's how I do movies and, mm-hmm. and, and TV. Now, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't like games that way. Uh, I just don't do it right now because I'm not uh, hard up for it. But I, I've largely killed the part of me that believes digital ownership is meaningful mm-hmm. um, as opposed to digital renting. Like if it's yeah. digital, it's fake. It's past the fake threshold already. Yes. So yeah, whatever is cheapest and gets me the stuff. The easiest is good for me. Yeah. 
I'm generally for them, you know, like uh, the, the, the odds that something that I am looking to play uh, be it for a show or for a stream or just to check out um, uh, that something that I want to play is going to be on one of these. Uh, and I'm profligate with, with them. I'm on humble. I'm on uh, games pass. Uh, I guess with Sony changing over, I'm on whatever is the equivalent of the old PS plus, you know, mm-hmm. the odds of something being kind of, um, uh, rolled in with those is actually really high. And the total cost of those is less than if I went and bought a new game. Uh, you know, one new game a month, right when I right when it came out, you know, yeah. are there larger discussions about what this is doing for the nature of ownership? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't know that I have a lot of uh, a lot more to add onto that. So it's it's tough to it's tough it's tough to like say anything with real gravity or weight. It's like yeah, that's probably the case. But for my own purposes, it generally works works out. It. I think it's okay sometimes to not care about something yeah you know like i i agree somebody could present an argument that this is a really bad thing yeah and they would you know about and and cite all of these things about what ownership means and everything and they could be 100 percent right Mm -hmm. but it's just very hard for me to work up too much you know dander about it yeah you know like yeah that that does suck Sometimes it do be like that, you know, it's like a level of dissociation and being constantly bombarded by the problem clown that I'm just like, yeah, man, boy, that's, that's a thing. I'll add that to the list. Yeah. You know, it's, Uh, unfortunately it gets, it gets put into the, uh, uh, or swept into the, uh, no ethical consumption box. Yeah. Kind of deal. Uh, Thing is, it's just a really effective way to consume stuff. You know, or yeah. to have things to ha- you know to have a wide breadth of things available for you to consume. Yeah, I will never look back with music, and I, I don't see any reason to think that I wouldn't eventually feel the same way about other media. Yeah, you know, I I much prefer having access to almost anything I could ever listen to just on on my phone rather than having to dig out a CD. Mm-hmm. You know, I just the the part of me that romanticized that just kind of died and i i can still you know cosplay as that by getting out the records you know i cosplay as that with video games by like buying collector's editions yeah of things and just have them on the shelf but i usually don't even open them Mm -hmm. you know because i already have it digitally i just want the little bit of shelf candy agreed yeah uh nick says uh how do you guys feel about folklore in games for example year walk slender the arrival anna director's cut uh related quick fire question cole what's your favorite yokai (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um that's really tough because there are lots of really cool yokai um can i name just a uh can i name just like a like a stripe of them sure uh, any yokai that just presents as a sad woman who uh, uh lures you in by uh just being visibly distraught uh mm. and uh sticks around or does something i just i'm generally i'm generally in favor of any of those uh be it uh, i'm looking up here the the, the nure onago uh the sad the sad stinky girl <laughs> the mm-hmm. wet the wet bride who nicole yeah, was always like i can fix you <laughs> <laughs> no i just i just dig that from a folklore perspective uh uh, uh nure ona uh which uh is uh like a like a naga lady uh who uh carries around a bundle that looks like a baby and she'll drink your blood 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I tend to like those a little bit more than the uh, like the more iconic ones, the 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 bouncing umbrella, the the, the flaming wheel, uh, just because you know humanoid hum, humanoid mythical creatures are always a little bit more fascinating to me. You're you're not gonna be tricked by a wheel. No, <laughs> you're, you're not gonna go into an auto zone and be like, can you rotate my yokai? And then oh no, it's. <laughs> It's actually a flaming wheel. Yeah. Uh, like just no, a, this is just a regular umbrella stand. What the? <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, Nuriona magically disguised themselves as a distressed, distressed woman carrying a bundled up baby. They cry out for help from fishers, sailors, anybody passing by. When prey approaches, the Nuriona will plead with their victim to hold their baby for just a moment so that she can rest. If he agrees and takes the bundle, the, quote, baby becomes as heavy as a boulder. The victim is unable to move. Uh, the Nureona then uh, then is then free to attack her helpless victim, feeding by draining his blood with her long serpentine tongue. How cool is that? Can you hold my heavy baby? Oops, it's a trap. Yeah. And you can't you can't <laughs> drop the baby because like, hey, it's still a baby, no matter how heavy it is. You know, gravity yeah. baby still needs love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and anti gravity baby gets all the love he yeah. wants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, fizzy lifting baby. For, for the first one, yeah, put all the folklore you want. In a, in a in a game i think that's great bring in yeah. i mean especially if it's uh if it's you know not necessarily very widespread that's something that we love about uh the witcher series right is you get all of those eastern european uh monsters uh yeah, that, that's that's my answer for this is that yes but with an asterisk and i, I want to see stuff i haven't seen yes you know i uh i'm a little bit over you know uh traditional western european and japanese folklore Mm-hmm. And I'm way into weird European folklore or weird, scary, you know, indigenous people folklore. Or like, give me some South American folklore. Yes. Give me folklore that is not just standard. Yeah. You know, with the exception of like a hag or a Baba Yaga, <laughs> you know, like there, there are evergreen things. Yeah. But I, I want new folklores. Mm-hmm. Love uh, Middle Eastern folklore. That stuff's great. Uh, yeah. Jewish folklore, things like that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Great, great shit. Um, put as much of it in there as you want. Like, uh, as far as like specific examples, your walk, uh, is really good. Um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Scandinavian folklore, I believe, uh, Swedish, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, Anna has a ton of cool witchcraft shit. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what's um, next? Let's, this is you. Uh, uh, oh, yes. Up next here, Greg writes, uh, has anything in a video game ever made you so angry uh, due to something in the game itself and not due to tech issues, motion sickness, etc., cetera, uh, that you stopped playing it right away and deleted slash destroyed it to wipe the stain of its memory from your life? Uh, if so, what game and what triggered it? Uh, the the joke answer for this is always like dialogue that makes me drop my switch, <laughs> but I don't destroy any tech and I don't tend to delete because if something makes me that angry i'm playing it for work (laughs) you know i don't i don't choose like i don't choose a paradise killer a paradise killer has to choose me so (laughs) so a crying woman has to uh hand you paradise killer yes yeah i don't i don't go out of my way way to find it so not not really i get frustrated but uh similar to we talked about this in the most recent um adaptation decay like there's just a part of me that rubs my hands together and like be like it's gonna be fun to talk about this yes you know and i'm also formulating arguments and i'm like questioning why is this making me angry mm-hmm. you know so I'm, I'm kind of working and the work distracts me yes is, is my answer for that yeah 
Yeah. Your mind is off wandering in this other room while this upsetting thing is happening here. I think the game that has made me the angriest, and this is not something that manifests right away in that game, but it is something that is at the very end and is just the entirety of it, uh, is a 2013 game called Actual Sunlight. Which oh, is sure. which is part of a you know that like early 2010s crop of uh, depression you know, quest. Yeah, although depression quest is better than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but it's yeah. still part of the same crop. Yes, but like um, uh, you know, gameplay light, story heavy. Like this is just a narrative that you're going through, kind of deal. Uh, but just about you know somebody who has a dead end job, uh, and is horribly depressed, and it kind of goes through a few different sections of their life. And at the very end, uh, you know, apparently it's ambiguous. People have said like, oh, I interpreted other, you know, other ways, but the main character, um, decides to end their life at the end of it is kind of my, my, my read on it. And, uh, the just total bleakness of it felt a little bit, you know, less like it was trying to say something about depression rather than just embody what, what depression tells a person. You know, mm-hmm. and I just found that so distasteful. And maybe it was a, like an especially rough time in my life. It's you know, it's I'm, I'm, I'm unsure, but like I like that is about the most like upset that I have been about like the the actual substance of a game and what it was trying to say. It felt like it was actually something that was you know deleterious. Yeah, if somebody was you know if somebody was in a really bad place and played this. You know, I'm not saying that all media has a uh, has a duty to uplift folks like that, but like this itself, there was just something really about the way it presented itself that trying to blackpill people. Yeah, felt pretty blackpilly. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I know. I get that. I've I've heard that about that game. I I haven't played it uh, largely because I heard. Yeah, yeah. So. so like that is a game that is that, that I'll continue. Maybe at some point when I have time, I'm yeah, I'm in a better place now than I was ten years ago. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I could play it and be a little bit more objective about what it's trying to say. You know, but uh, right now, I uh, that game is uh, that game's in timeout. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm gonna move us on to life questions. Okay. Here, Popo Fashosho says, uh, do you guys have specified game rooms? Has it ever been a goal to have a big collection style game room in the fashion of a retro gaming YouTuber? First of all, every goal in my life is to be in the fashion of a retro gaming YouTuber. I mean, if if I can take a picture of me in front of a big wall of games (laughs) and yell at you about women, I will do it. Uh, That's not true. That's what we've been working toward the entire time. Yeah. Twist. Uh, I kind of have one now at the my new place. I have a basement now that is uh, set up for, uh, I have like a lot of my books down there set up like a little library, but it's set up for it with a card for tabletop games. Mm-hmm. And I have my little uh, countertop uh, one up arcade machine down there as well yeah. uh, with the goal of, if I get more of those, that is where they will go. What countertop one up arcade machine do you have? I have the uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Oh man, that was uh, really good. It is really good. I was like, yeah, I can play these games. And it mm-hmm. has, uh, for just, you know, dorking around, it has the Punisher side-scrolling uh-huh. beat-em-up, which is a great, like, forgotten side-scrolling beat-em-up from that Yeah. Era. And then just, like, you know, that's just for, like, a little treat. And then for longer, you know, for MP- if people are over, we can play a fighting game. Yeah. 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 Um, I've had my eye on the Mortal Kombat one. Not just, you know, Mortal Kombat's fun, but it, like... The, the rest mid- of the stuff on it's great, but I, yeah. I can't handle having an art Mortal Kombat machine. That's a thing. Like, the iconography kills me, <laughs> you know? But it's the best collection of games that they have. Yeah. And those things, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm envious of your uh, of your of your library base basement. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, that's neat. I wish I had a basement, but I don't. Uh, I'm I'm living that slab life. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is 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 what I'm on. Um, I don't have a specified game room. I've got the two offices, the blue room for uh, you know, doing podcast work and then the red one is uh where my pc is i stream from there but that's also like a workout room you know i've got my mm-hmm. rowing machine and my uh stationary bike uh tucked out of the way of the camera you know uh kind of deal i've got a like my living room you know has a big wall of shelves like i've got a bunch of bookshelves there but it's not all games that's you know my you know some of its games but a lot of it most of it is books reference books tabletop books um and uh lots and lots of keepsakes you know things Mm -hmm. viewers have sent things from my childhood because i never threw anything away just like one whole wall of the biggest room in my house is this gigantic just uh media and sentimental um sentimental stuff uh kind of Mm -hmm. thing and i love that uh but uh, nothing is dedicated for games it's it's all kind of integrated yeah I, I would love to have a, I love separation of spaces. Yes. And if I had my druthers, I would have this entire duplex to myself and mm-hmm. then have several themed rooms in the yes. other duplex. Yeah. Uh, I understand there's a questionable morality to taking a living space and turning it into my like, you know, playground. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is just for fun fantasy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Nobody gets their druthers. <laughs> uh, every time somebody says, if I had my druthers, they, they're saying something that would take the druthers away from somebody else, <laughs> you know? So it's good that nobody actually gets their druthers, <laughs> you know, it is zero. There are zero sum druthers. Yes. Oh man. Uh, got another one here. Uh, Ryan writes, uh, I know you guys talk about the behind the scenes aspect of podcasting life, um, from time to time. And with Gary's recent health issue, I was curious, how do you do health insurance via duck feed or just get those sweet bronze plans with your take home? Uh, then it ends in a parenthetical. Please tell me you have health insurance. Uh, we do. I mean, yeah. I do. Gary, you have health insurance. I do. I'm I'm a proud card carrying member of the Kaiser Permanente Silver Plan. Ooh. Uh, I decided to upgrade from the bronze because I have uh, prescriptions mm-hmm. that I have uh, every month, and it's cheaper uh, yeah. than the bronze would be. Um, yeah, because it pays for more of the prescriptions. Right. I also have a silver plan, but it's hilarious because it is just as effectively useless as the bronze plan. Mm-hmm. You know, what we get to call silver, like, uh, is pretty wild to me. This is silver plated. It, it's getting, yeah. it's getting devalued because eventually <laughs> it's going to be like the silver is the bottom tier and then it's gonna be like platinum and then like electrum amber <laughs> on obtainium plan. Like it, it's just going to keep moving up. Yeah. You yeah. know, until the gold plan is the worst one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, we would just buy, you know, buy stuff on the marketplace with a, uh, with our, with our take home. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just, uh, this is a weird question to answer, but it's also like, we get a lot of money from folks. Uh, they deserve to know that was well, yeah. some, some well, of what we're a, doing. Yeah. It was a big impetus behind us asking for more money. Yes. Uh, when we, we did the thing was like, Hey, I don't know. Like we had a conversation. I was like, I don't know about you, but you're spending like $600 a month on health insurance. Right. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, shit, man. <laughs> like it was, it was the one, two punch of that. And then spending like. 110 hours on Baldur's Gate 2 <laughs> in a month and just being like, you know what? Like <laughs> I'm I'm earning it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um uh but yeah. uh but yeah, I also I had uh you know recently lost my job too. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, yep, yep. Like, well, just lots a, of impetus. Lots of stuff like that. But yeah, no, we have we, we have health insurance uh, for you know, which is basically I just see it as the you know monthly fee that I pay on the off chance. It's my it's my um, appendix rental fee. Yes. You know, if you, <laughs> yeah. in America, if you still have an appendix, that is a sort of Damocles that is hanging over you at all times. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciated the uh, support email I got when my insurance found out I had COVID. Oh. Uh, which was like 10 tips. Rest. <laughs> you know, have water. That's like my money at work. <laughs> After... <laughs> <laughs> they sent you an expired coupon code for a mindfulness app. Mindfulness app. Yeah, it, it, yeah. pretty much. They, <laughs> man, are they pushing that mindfulness app? <laughs> they can give me. It's so it's so bleak. Uh, I just I don't like this uh, this country that much. No. Uh, Nicholas asks. Uh, this is a moving on to media questions. Whenever I start up a new episode and I hear Cole's voice doing the intro, I get excited. Something about the cadence and tone when Cole thanks people makes me feel like I'm at a high school football game hearing the announcer in the best way. It's good nostalgia for me. I always find it very comfortable and enjoyable. My question is, do either of you have any so- sounds that immediately put you in a happy nostalgia trip? Thanks for all your hard work. Um, uh, The startup tone for the original PlayStation. Um, any of those startup tones yeah like any old system that sounds great i've, I've mm-hmm. watched the compilation of those on youtube several times <laughs> yep uh st- startup tone for like windows 95 and 98 as well mm-hmm. uh and uh like like the like the menu beeps this th- this is weird but we're playing final fantasy 12 and you get those that final fantasy menu beep uh it's mm-hmm. one of those great things about going back and playing an old resident evil uh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's just, just something about those interface sounds that is just like, yes, this is what an interface should should sound like. In a new Resident Evil, when they do the recall of those, mm-hmm. like when you're uh, going into the uh, the escape room in uh, Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. and it uses the old Resident Evil menu mm-hmm. music to do the keypad, that's that's the good stuff right there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, tons of stuff. Recently, because I've just been, I'd watched... I'd seen more of it than I thought, but because I've been doing an actual like series watch of King of the Hill, mm-hmm. the intro to that is something that is always, you know, yeah. time to relax. Yeah. Uh, great song. It just yeah. immediately, immediately recognizable. It sets you. I never skip it. Yeah, me either. Even though sometimes they throw you off by having the one that begins with the triangle. The, that's always, Yahoo. that is usually the season finale. Yeah. 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 But it's like, whoa. <laughs> hey, hey boys hey, now. meets on the menu <laughs> and also thank you for the compliment about my uh presentation the uh the voice yeah uh sam mm. writes uh if you could move uh if you could name one movie uh to make a video game adaptation of what movie would that be and why hmm this is hard not a lot of movies i watch would be uh would be good fits I, I would play a uh, half stealth, half management sim that was Parasite. Ooh. Like you had to live in the house and and put on the cover story, kind of like half Hitman. And then you know, maybe <laughs> there's a chapter where you play the basement guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, getting them food <laughs> and stuff. Like kind of like Pathologic, where it's like the dad, the son, and then the maid. You know, oh. Different paths. Yeah. Different routes. Story. Yeah. No, that'd be good. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of, of, of like any games that would be good fits for, I don't know. Cause there's stuff that would be like, Oh, just make a telltale game of this. But that feels like a, like a lazy answer. Yeah. Kind of, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of deal. 
Um, I don't know that I have a good answer for this. Not off the top of my head. Yeah, it's okay. No worries. Uh, Andy K250 asks, uh, do either of you have memories of media from your childhood you've never been able to find evidence of online? Alternatively, do either of you have any good stories about things you were only able to prove really existed after either a considerable amount of time searching or sheer luck re-encountering them? Uh, my answer for the first one, this is because I can't remember it, so it's not going to be satisfying. There was a game I played on my old hand-me-down uh, like 486 computer that Derek gave me that was a tactics game with destructible walls. I have no memory about anything uh-huh. else. It's not XCOM. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what it was. It was just really cool to me as a kid. That was the first, my first experience with something that was kind of immersive simmy actually. Yeah. Uh, being able to be like, I want to get to here. Can I just blow up the wall and make a straight path? Oh shit. <laughs> you know, and that probably was very formative to me Yeah. Uh, as a kid in, in, in my game tastes. The, 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 the notable time when the game said yes to you very early on. Yeah. Yeah. On like a 486 computer, like CGA <laughs> graphics. Yeah. You know, so absolutely old, old, old. Yeah. Uh, for me, my perennial example of this was, uh, having rented a game. It was an NES platformer where you're collecting a bunch of colored keys to get out of a stage. Uh, and then when we did little Nemo, uh, for the Mm -hmm. show, I was like, holy shit, this is that game that like I was unable to get because you, uh, that, that is such a generic description. Right. And I didn't know the keys are colored. Like if you were Googling colored keys, that would throw you because all the keys are the same color. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, oh. this is absolutely the game that I played as a kid, just rented one time and never paid attention to the title because I was just prob I was honestly probably too young to read at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh oh. yeah. So there's that. But most other stuff uh I am able to find. Like I had I had a real f- a VHS copy of a real fucked up anime version of the little the little mermaid before you know and this is like a 1990 or something like that uh mm-hmm. that i just did you know some google searching one night before i went to bed and i found out that like oh yeah this is like an infamously you know bad adaptation of the, the little mermaid that i probably ended up getting because the whoever was getting me that gift decided they didn't want to pay for the disney one you know yeah. but like I, I found that it does exist i love that shit i like all of my stories for like that always end up being things that other people also thought was awesome. Yes. And that's a great feeling, <laughs> you know, like, uh, that was a uh, bicycle safety camp, which we, we did teenage dirt bags about, uh, me and Brayton, but was like a thing that I had a VHS of mm-hmm. and showed all my friends, you know, and, and it was like this little cult hit. And then I found out it's on YouTube and everybody felt that way. Yeah. And that felt awesome. Uh, I didn't feel gatekeepy or shitty about it. Nice. Yeah. And well worth your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a half hour to watch Sam Sprocket, uh, and some kids just do some really fucking confusing bicycle safety songs. You got spiders in your hone up. Yeah, that's how you get the spiders in your hone up. <laughs> Ow, my hone up. <laughs> um, uh, by by time we should be going to uh, the lightning round right now. How do you feel about that? Uh, let's do let's do a couple of shows. Where we're just representing all the different yes things. We'll go just go a little bit longer, just so you know. It's been a minute. It it's luxuriate just a tiny bit. Let's do. Uh, T. Quaddy writes, uh, I wanted to say, well, this is more of a comment than a question, but I wanted to take the opportunity uh, to say that my two-year-old boy is uh, incapacitated with laughter uh, whenever he hears your Hank Hill impersonations and asks for 
quote, and this is just like saying a show name, asked for two guys talking every day so we can listen to the Silhouette Mirage episode of Abject Suffering. No question, but I thought it was the most direct way to thank you for your work. Two guys talking is a daily listen. That's very sweet. (laughs) That is very sweet. I, uh, in my King of the Hill rewatch, I'm in season six now, and I just got to the Mr. Big episode, <laughs> which is, that's a phenomenal Hank Hill <laughs> I also it's, wanted to ask you, now that I've been Hill-pilled, uh, have you spent any time on Google? Have you looked up photorealistic Hank Hill at all? No, no, I haven't. Oh, man. <laughs> if you thought Skin Bart was bad, like, Skin Hank is really bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Photorealistic hank hill let's get this in here ah yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah it's rough stuff yeah that is pretty rough stuff there's some like good facsimiles of actual people who are very hank-esque oh yeah i've seen some blood-chillingly accurate bobbies (laughs) like (laughs) good yeah Yeah. they're they're actual people it's great uh, but uh, good. When, when I first started the rewatch, uh, a weird question that just kept itching in the back of my skull. I was like, "Is Piggy Hill hot?" You know, and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't shake it off. And then I eventually like found real life women who look like Piggy Hill, uh-huh. and then like landed on my kinda, yeah, you know. Like, <laughs> there's a there's a real fascinating if you go and uh, uh, look it up. The, I think it's on Imgur is where I saw it. But uh, the Hank the Hill, guide? the animation style guide, where they specifically yeah. say Peggy is not sexy. Do not draw pe- sexy Peggy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But confidence is kind of sexy. <laughs> Overconfidence, so, though. Yeah, it's over sexy. <laughs> <laughs> the more confidence, the more sexy. Yeah. I know. I hate. I hate confidence in men. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Peggy Hill. I love it. Yeah. So you give me a confident man, get the fuck out of my eyes. <laughs> have you done, have you done the one or seen the one where they went to the Meetot condo? Uh, uh not two, yet. Two, two, two days of the condo. Uh, where, uh, yeah, that's a, that, that, that's a good oh, one. Oh yeah. 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 Where the, yeah. I have seen that one where there, where yeah. she's, uh, she wants the pair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or where I, she inadvertently, uh, uh, traffics that little girl back and goes to court. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, she, she is an idiot. Uh, the, uh, I love in one of the more recent ones I watched, like Hank had to use the bathroom and she was in there plucking her mustache. Uh-huh. She, like here's a, there, and she's like, uh, uh, <laughs> just makes that noise with her mouth. He's just like, oh, gets <laughs> like, very good. How many like, flushes was that Peggy? Two. Yeah. <laughs> I counted 12. <laughs> counted 12. Uh, it's good. It's a good show. Yep. Uh, final show question here. And this is also uh, just like a nice comment, uh, but I'll, I'll read it because it's dispatch. Uh, Tom says, a hey, gentleman, listen to your various shows that you do. Very impressed with your ability to not talk over each other. When listening to other podcasts, radio shows, talk shows, etc., it seems like this is a problem. Not all have been able to overcome. Have you discussed this with each other as far as building a strategy to know when one person is finished speaking so you don't speak over them? I do notice that you both use mm-hmms many times when having discussions. And I was always curious if this was a code <laughs> when you were telling each other that you're looking for your turn to speak, but wanted to make sure you weren't interrupting the other. Um, That's giving they, us a lot of credit for pre-planning yeah, of vocal tics. We just, th- we just found our rhythm and know each other, I think. And as uh, illustrated earlier, sometimes it falls apart, like where I think Gary has something else to say, but he's waiting for me to move on to the next question. Yeah. Um, yeah. The mm-hmms and yeps uh, while somebody else is talking, that's just active listening. That's just letting the person know, like, yeah, I'm still here. And like, oh, yeah, I, I agree with that without uh, without cutting in. 
but yeah. like the over talk and stuff, we still do it, but I think that we just know each other's cadences, um, really well. Um, and just have gotten so used to it. We also cut them out. Yes. We, when it happens and it's bad, we edit them out. Yeah. So it, it, it doesn't happen that often, but mm-hmm. it, yeah. Uh, and some people hear that active listening and it makes them see fucking red. Yes. They cannot handle it. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm intending to wear the, win the st- staring contest with them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, if we were in person, those, uh-huhs and yups would probably be replaced with nodding, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh yes, we're looking at each other. We can see when we record, we're not on video. Good God. If that, if that was the way we did it, I just it's horrible. Ten, um, ten to heat wave. Yeah. Like if you think I'm wearing a shirt, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna video record with you about this. And it's also when I'm talking to anybody, I do those. Uh-huh. To me, it is polite. Like some people again, it drives them crazy, but to me it is literally active listening. It's it's showing them like, hey, I care about what you're saying. Yep. You know? Yeah. yeah. So uh let's move into the lightning round, Cole. Let us do. Uh we got started here. We've got a couple of these, but uh but Connor writes, uh kill Mary Fuck. DMC Dante, OG Dante, and 3D era Sonic the Hedgehog. And then goes on to say, go on, fuck the hedgehog. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have discussed many times, I think Sonic the Hedgehog is not a generous lover. No, no. I, I don't understand why people would want to fuck the hedgehog. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that he would be really bad and would not care about your pleasure. Um, here's the thing i think that 3d era sonic the hedgehog uh i would have to be purely mercenary about this because mm -hmm. you know i'm not attracted to any of them uh uh, so there's that and also i don't feel any sense of like oh yeah there there would be potential for like a strong romantic partnership there um but uh 3d era sonic the hedgehog keeps getting work uh, and so I think there would be a uh, there would be a security in that. I think I would gold dig uh, Sonic the Hedgehog with mm. the marriage. Yeah, it, it it does keep getting work, but it is precarious. It always <laughs> does feel like he's one game away from just like yeah. ending up in the bin. I might uh, with that logic, I might marry old school Dante. Okay, uh, who would be very obnoxious. It would be a loveless marriage, mm-hmm. uh, but does work. Yes, you know, so security. I, I might fuck DMC Dante, which would also be a loveless fuck. Yes. Uh, it would be annoying, but I could tell people I did. Like, it would at least make a good abject suffering. Like, hey, Cole. I he's got the most, to say. Uh, he's the most feminine of them as well, too. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then that leaves me killing 3D era Sonic, mm. which I don't, you know, I don't need to kill 3D era Sonic. He's already dead. But, like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, those are the odd. That's, that's what's left. You do the short straw, my man. Yeah, I think that uh, so my, my my configuration would have me killing OG Dante, which I don't necessarily feel that I, I do not wish him dead. Um, but I, you know, if I need to justify it, I would say I'm doing it for the challenge. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> just me like planning you, you, it. You kill, you kill him and you get a little S rank just pops up in your, in your eye like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 stylish it, 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 manslaughter. What does that mean? <laughs> Does that give me a lighter sentence? Yeah. It'd be amazing. Like the judge uh chose like ranked how stylish you did the crime. <laughs> <laughs> that changed your sentence. Yeah. Uh so th- th- that that's where I come down on it. Uh Maya asks, uh, what's one game that absolutely most everyone you talk to loves, 
Except you think it's even better than everyone thinks. <laughs> uh, great twist there. Very good twist. Uh, I this is you know by the nature of being asked about our favorite stuff, we get out we get you know we say the same things a lot. The the I feel like everyone loves Disco Elysium and they love it the proper amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, at any time for like a month or two, I can just go back and start doing Monster Train and be pleased as fucking punch. Yeah. That game is so good and and stands up so well. There's so much variety to it. I'm still mm-hmm. like finding, you know, I, I've been on a play of it, like because I've been moving and it fits pretty well into like these brief bouts of chores I can do. Yeah. Oh, and also you're uh, you're COVID resting, right? COVID right. Yeah. I, I'm you know, I, I can carry one load of things up the stairs from the basement and then I feel like garbage and I have to lay down for a half hour. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gotten better. Um and then now we're in heat wave, so I'm I'm really kind of just chilling in my room. Yeah. Uh I'm playing Final Fantasy twelve now, but before that I was playing Monster Train and I was still finding new builds and synergies that I didn't know about. And this is after a truly unconscionable amount of hours of like playing yeah. through on Switch and on PC. I streamed uh, a let's play of it. I need to start uploading again. Like I, I love that game. I mm-hmm. think that game is absolutely fucking incredible. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. One of my yeah. all time faves. Uh, for me, this is basically a stock answer, but I got to say it because I feel like this is a different angle on it. Um, I like the play in pathologic. I think that there are mm-hmm. lots of people who, uh, you know, fire off and say, yeah, Pathologic is a game that they respect. The story is real good. The atmosphere is, you know, top notch. Uh, you know, I like the I like being in the pit and being in the pit uh, is also writing that <laughs> writing that very thin line of, you know, will I have enough to make it for the next hour or so? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think people say like, Oh, play it for the, for the story. The game is just something you have to tolerate. No, I think that neither, neither the play nor the story are as good or is as good without the other. And I embrace both full, you know, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin says, would you rather play a game with the left and right joysticks reversed or with absolutely atrocious keyboard buttons, uh, uh, absolutely atrocious keybinds or button mapping? Uh, for example, D pad up to jump D pad left to crouch and X button for flashlight. Uh, assume it's a fast action game, uh, that will test your reflexes. Uh, I'd rather do the first one. There are enough PC games that control more or less like that, where you're controlling the camera yeah. with your left hand and moving your icon around with the mouse. That I think that my uh, my body would adjust. Like yes. I go into like Sims mode. Agreed. Uh, I'd go with that. Like if it was just absolutely random, especially on a keyboard like that, uh, that would be way harder for me to deal with than the uh, you know acclimation period of uh, you know switch sticks or switch to mouse and uh, uh, mouse and keyboard. Uh, you know, so there we go. It would suck going back after you got that muscle memory, but, uh, mm-hmm. that's just something you have to deal with. Yeah, I would, I would do my best. Uh, Andrew says before hosting numerous podcasts, did you have aspirations for other careers? What if we said no? <laughs> like I was 11 and wanted to do this. <laughs> the year is 1991. Gary wants to host a podcast. Yeah. People are like, Gary, what's a podcast? And you oh, say, you'll see. You'll find out, you know? Uh, I always wanted to be a writer. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that was my thing mm-hmm. for a long time. And then, uh, I felt I would rather make music, but I always felt that that was like being in the NBA or something like a, a real long shot. So it was being a writer, but I didn't realize that 
So that was my, my dream job for a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, I wanted to make games, uh, and then found out that computer science was not to my uh, liking. Uh, then uh, I wanted to do like film television, like, uh, uh, like documentary stuff, but try to get, get work in that. And it didn't really work out. Uh, and then podcasts ended up happening. So yeah. there we go. Couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. Uh, Eric writes, uh, if your car had a flat tire and you could pick one item from any souls game to help you get home, what would you pick? The trick question. Cause the homeward bone will just do it. Yeah. <laughs> like is is eric going to like next month is going to spring us on the dark bargain we just made <laughs> i'm not going like, to say the the dark sign yeah you know no i'm not going to do that like great grass crest shield or the chloranthy ring just so i could help. you know yeah would yeah. could run or walk without uh with without need to take a rest howl's ring so you can carry your car home <laughs> yeah <laughs> without noticing it uh lord vessel oh yeah lord you vessel know, also another good. teleport thing yeah yeah. Uh, Doug says, Mary fuck kill. Everyone does Mary fuck kill now. I always thought it was fuck Mary kill. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Mary fuck kill, Crash Bandicoot, Bubsy, the Bobcat, and Earthworm Jim. Um, I mean, I would hold Crash Bandicoot's head under the water till the bubbles stop. Yep. Good answer. <laughs> uh, it's hard, though, because I want to kill Earthworm Jim because of the creator, but it's really not Earthworm Jim's fault. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing there's yeah. nothing repugnant about uh about earthworm jim i think there's a lot repugnant about earthworm jim but it's not morally repugnant that's the thing I, yeah i would marry bubsy uh so i could go to the james turrell retrospective <laughs> with him okay. uh, every saturday uh, i think i would also uh no i think i might kill earthworm jim okay uh and then get that sweet crash bandicussy oh uh. <laughs> like I don't know. Don't you think Crash Bandicoot would be wild in the sack? He was coming towards you. you know? <laughs> no, just, I was something real bleak. I was always running away from you. Yeah. <laughs> You're the boulder in that scenario. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know. yeah. It's just role play. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Crash Bandicoot, he's too it, hyperactive. Was that, that a, a pun based on boulders rolling? Yes. Because if so, that's real good. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pun. I would say I'm the, I am the boulder in that situation. How, how would yeah, that be? You said it's role play. Oh, <laughs> there right? we go. Okay. Yeah. No, that that was not intentional, but I'll take it. I'll yeah, take the points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you would fuck Earthworm Jim because he's just a he's just a uh, a worm in a suit. I guess you'd know? be fucking the suit. I guess and that's not so bad. Maybe it has like a little thing that sucks you off. Maybe. Yeah. But that has me marrying Bubsy the Bobcat, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's that's rough. Well, see, I mean, I yeah, that's where that's where you and I are different, my friend. They're, they're both they're they're both quippy. Um, so it's just one time, and nobody has to hear about it. So let's uh let, let's fuck Bub, Bubsy the Bob, Bobcat, Mary Earthworm Jim, because I you know uh a, a relationship where both are funny as fuck, greater gre- greater than greater than greater than. I think Earthworm Jim would be better to have around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I consider all three of them very quippy, but I haven't played Earthworm Jim in a long time. Yeah. So, uh, what does Alex say? <laughs> Alex says, well, it finally happened. A malicious djinn has willfully misinterpreted your wish, and now you've become trapped in a roguelike deck builder. What's your deck's gimmick? Great. Confusing question. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. what. How do I translate meanness into, like... A clan mechanic and monster train. <laughs> uh, it's sleepiness. Just everybody's yeah. asleep. <laughs> yeah, I, g- I gain 
attack power through rusting. Uh-huh. You know, uh, yeah, that's got, it's gotta be something like that. It's very, very difficult <laughs> to answer. <laughs> um, Abe says, uh, did either of you ever get around to watching B movie and after suffering two ninety B movie game, you alluded to someday watching it. I think it would make an excellent duck feed presents. Uh, I haven't, but I still kind of want to. Yeah. Um, I love that Seinfeld has recently done an interview circuit where he's like, yeah, it wasn't intentional that he was horny for the, the bee was horny for the human woman. The fuck are you talking about? Like, you are pissing on my leg and telling me it's raining. Like, no way do I believe that for like one second. Yeah. You're crapping in my hand and calling it soft serve, Seinfeld. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, so I really, the fact that he's protesting mm. makes me want to see it even more. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I would pretty much have to watch that for content. Also, how funny would it be if we did a Duck Feed Presents about it six years after those memes were anything? <laughs> We'd have to hype it for like a year, like the wait is over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the more people who tell us they want it, uh, the longer yeah. it will take for us to do it. That, that's the big announcement at the end of this episode. <laughs> you spoiled it, Abe. Michael asks, are there any plans on a WAF about Outlast 2? Uh, no plans. I know you're a big fan of that game. I am. Uh, I did not like it uh, when when I played it, but it's not saying I'll never uh, reevaluate. You did know, you play, I'll keep did it you, in mind. Did you play 2 or did you um I played play, 1 Okay, and then I, I poked it 2 after hearing you talk some sugar at, about it. Yeah. But it just did uh, not work very well for me. Um, something about the core gameplay in those games that is not good for me mm-hmm. or good to me. Yeah. Um, and then I had already spoiled a lot of Outlast 2 stuff for myself previous that, to that as well. That's the that's part of it is I went into Outlast 2. So I streamed it. You can find it on the Duckfeed YouTube, YouTube channel uh, as long as it hasn't been copyright struck or whatever. Um, but, uh, I streamed it and everything was like, like brand new for me. I didn't watch any analyses. Um, and that is a fucking ride. Uh, yeah. if you're, if you're seeing it all, uh, in, you know, one go, uh, at the, at the first thing, the gameplay of those doesn't bother me as much as like, a uh, you know, an alien isolation, you know, instant death stealth kind of, you know, kind of mm-hmm. deal. Like Outlast 2, you know, gameplay is more about, you know, running than anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I like outlast too. It's one of the scariest games I've played, you know, generally games have stopped really scaring me or affecting me <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, but that is one that got under my skin in a way that few have. Uh, so I would love to do a waff one outlast too, but I think that both of you know, that wouldn't be very fun if I came in saying, oh yeah, this is some of the best that modern horror games have to offer. And Gary was like, no, I, I, we don't want to set ourselves up to fight, but I, yeah. If, if time allowed and everything and I could like, I'll keep an open mind. Yeah. You know, I, I'd be happy to give it another shake, <laughs> you know, at some point. Yeah. So, uh, Kieran says, do you have any, do you ever plan on moving away from the hell world? That is the United States of America. You must get tired of 50 years of bad news every day. <laughs> I welcome it. It's, yeah. it's like a morning shower. <laughs> I just <laughs> wake up and I'm like, Oh, the spring court means nothing good will ever happen again. Cool. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah, I love it. Uh-huh. Oh, Biden's solution. To all this is more cops. That's really <laughs> the thing he's doing. Yeah. He's just more cops. Weird flex, but okay. He's the weird president. Flex, you f- fucking weirdo. Um, yes. Is the answer to that. Yeah. Uh, uh, many times, uh, this job means I could work anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think that I would be an attractive, uh, emigrant, like immigrant, yeah. uh, to them. Cause I'd be like, Hey, I'm going to pay taxes and shit. And I'm just going to bring in money from all over the world. 
right and and spend it on your stuff like you want me mm-hmm. um right now you know i got ties to portland i, I have my friends here i have the band mm-hmm. uh not ready but i could imagine me and my my partner doing that eventually yeah no um i would like it as well but i've got family here that i really care about you know uh so that is something that does that does hold me here uh to uh to, to, to a large degree uh but uh you know also uh me demographically probably not a lot that's going to happen to me as regards this i can i can be a day walker in in this hellscape there are lots that, of that's people that's true too yeah there are lots of people who do not have uh the ability to you know honor the ties that i am choosing to uh that i am choosing to allow to keep me here uh run flee anybody who lives in ohio right now fucking go i've talked a lot of sugar about living here like but uh, uh everything Arkan- i hear about ohio sounds like the fucking opening scrawl to the running man <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's the bleakest fucking state that's o- ever been over the past two years it's gotten i mean past like six months uh <laughs> like that the, there has been a real real change uh vibe shift <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the, the uh ohio just doesn't pass the vibe check anymore no it doesn't like you know? it used to be just benign yeah. uh but yeah uh ugh, fucking run uh yeah it, it's also a thing that i try to be conscious that just because i move the problems don't go away that's the thing right it, yeah like you like you said the problems aren't going to affect us that much we are we're on easy mode um for life yeah. uh the and that's you know i recognize that and think I'm thankful for it. Uh, I don't want to just not have to hear about it. Yes. Like I could do that now, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and I have, I've, I've had to step back a lot. Like I am less plugged into that stuff than I used to be because mm-hmm. it was bad for me. Um, the, uh, but if I were to move to another country, like, yes, it would be cool to have healthcare that was better and paid for and feel more faith in my government. Mm-hmm. I would still feel for all my friends and, and all of this news. Yeah. You know, it yeah. would still do psychic damage to me. It, like it's still terrible things happening in my home. Yeah. 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 People <sighs> I care about. So it's bad. Yep. You know, it's bad. Um, Eli writes, Hey Gary, if you say something on mic and Cole responds, agreed, do you ever catch yourself almost saying agreed mode happens to me more often than I'd like to admit? Is that something you say? Is that a, is that another, it's a, it's a guppy. It's an old guppy bit. Okay. Uh, no, I, I go into, I, I like to think this is obvious, but maybe it's not. Uh, I do some preparation for recording and uh-huh. I go into a very different headspace. Uh, every once in a while, guppy energy will escape into things, but, uh, I am conscious and, uh, intentional about the tone I take with you versus the tone I take with Jeremy versus the tone I take with Will. Uh-huh. Uh, so no, no, you never slip yeah. it. Can you explain the agreed mode? Is, is that just kind of saying, is that like- there's a, there's a mode in, in binding of Isaac called greed mode. Okay. And at one point, somebody said agreed, and then someone agreed mode. Oh, uh, that okay. was it. Yeah. There's not enough to explain. <laughs> you know, I am agreement pilled right now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I, uh, I, uh, too professional for that, Eli. <laughs> nice try, Eli. <laughs> yeah, you almost got me. Uh, Chris asks our final lightning round. Uh, any chance of a duck feed, duck feed presents style episode about the big new update for Into the Breach? Love to hear your thoughts on it. Either way. Uh, I basically cannot wait to have some time to give this. I am behind the eight ball because of sickness and the move uh-huh. on uh, Final Fantasy twelve, so I have to basically be in Final Fantasy twelve jail. Yeah, uh, that makes it sound bad. I am enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are too many cutscenes in that game. Yeah, but the uh, I am enjoying myself. Uh, I really want to go back to Into the Breach, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I might just do a, you know, a solo mic thing on it. Like I did with darkest dungeon Two, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so yeah, probably. Yeah. For me, it would basically be, uh, playing that enough to talk about. It would be, uh, doing all of the play that I did for the original episode about into the breach. In addition to the new stuff, cause I've forgotten so much about it. I like that game plenty fine. It's just, there are other things that I want to do with my time. So yeah, yeah. If, if you were going to do it, you would stream it would yes. be how you would get that across. And even then that's, you know, not, not your belly wick. Yes. So yeah, I am, I am psyched and we'll talk about it in some way at, at absolute minimum. Like I'll talk about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Everything I've heard sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited that they did that. Agreed. So, yeah. Uh, what is our topic? Cool. Our topic, Gary, uh, Pickle Factory wrote this in a f- couple months ago. We almost did this as a regular one, um, but uh, a regular question and a roundup, but it was too good. Uh, Pickle Factory writes, uh, I would like to see a long form call and response episode about save games and all of their surrounding implementations and implications. Memory cards that used to be three dollars, three US dollars per kilobyte uh, or integrated into a cartridge. The dreaded no touch floppy disk of a sibling or friend's adventure save game files. Uh, Checkpoints versus quick loading. Mule save files, save scumming and roguelikes, cloud slash steam saves, uh, and the utility of backups. Uh, yeah, this is something that uh, is really interesting. This comes up on the Slack a uh-huh. lot. Been a part of a lot of conversations about this, so it felt rich. Uh-huh. I, I do have to say, though, what is mule save files? Do you know what that is? I have no idea what a mule save file is. Some kind of saved mule? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to look it up because I, I do want to know what that is. You're telling uh, me a mule saved this file? Yeah, the, the uh, I'm gonna let you uh, you start us here while I look and see what a mule save file is. Yeah, um, this is. I mean, it's hard to think of something that is more just part of the wallpaper that also has this much of an of, this much of an effect on the experience of play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, outside of times when it kind of spikes up and becomes part of a discourse, you know, specifically I remember this is 10 years ago now, but around the time that uh, Bioshock infinite came out and people were like, Oh my God, this is checkpoint saves. You can't save anywhere. That is a, you know, that is a huge deal. Uh, You know, occasionally that will, uh, that will pop up. Uh, You see this around like Elden ring, uh, dark souls kind of stuff because of its perpetual autosave kind of deal. Uh, But generally I think that it is just kind of accepted as part of the march of progress. And what made me uh, kind of interested in this question was, yeah, you really don't hear people talk about like how barbaric it used to be. (laughs) It's that's how I, I see it too. But there is, because I've had that conversation on Slack a bunch of times, there's definitely a contingent who does not like the generous auto save or the quick save or save anywhere. Okay. Like there, there's a, a, a philosophy uh, that is, that kind of goes in with the old school intent. Okay. So like <clears throat> explaining like the comparative benefits, having you save at a save point. Uh, the idea here is that you are, playing a greater a longer period of time with the same risk Mm -hmm. uh it's about you know it's not like if i die right now i lose a minute you can just lose a lot more yeah which i understand the argument that can influence your play Mm -hmm. um you know i'm going to play more cautiously i am going to possibly be more invested and excited because of that you know i get that uh i don't my heart doesn't feel it anymore 
mm-hmm. uh, because I've become less interested in that as a like do it over as a fail state in general, regardless yeah. of how it comes about and what the iteration loop is. Yeah. You know, if, if the idea is uh, you save your game, you do a long dungeon, you die at the end of the dungeon, whatever I bought from having that tension mm-hmm. of being in the dungeon is not worth me doing the dungeon twice. Right. The currencies have changed values. There has been inflation. That has made me walk away from games. Yes. Uh, that will that will make me, I mean, that earlier question, I get angry. That will make me see red. Uh I do not want, and part of it is the job. Like I imagine people are just, oh, that's just because you, you you do this for work. You don't want to, you have time to replay things. Part of it's probably that, but also I just never like just doing the same, wrote doing a thing over again. Uh huh. Like it's never that I don't understand. I don't understand (laughs) the appeal of it. I don't understand, you know, unless I can try something different, you know, and, and I, I'm Final Fantasy 12 brained right now. So I'm not using this as a soapbox. You know, this can apply to a lot of things. Let me use Final Fantasy 12 as an example. The remake of that adds checkpoints mm-hmm. to all of the transition scenes Yeah, in that. Prior to that, you just had save points. And the mm-hmm. save points are pretty like few and far between. Yes. And that game, uh, one of the selling points of it is that every once in a while, there's just a random monster that's not signaled that will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Like you're just walking and it's like, oh, shit, there's, I just ran into an elemental. It just party wiped me. There's yeah. nothing I could do. Um, that is bad design. Like having a save point at the beginning of a dungeon and then having a thing that can just ambush you and kill you Mm -hmm. like that. Like it's not that there are no benefits. You're buying a sense of danger and like a sense of, you know, uh, uh, scarcity, you know, or like precariousness. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that fucking sucks. Yeah. You know? And like the way that a souls game can get away with that is that you're trying, you either know not to go that way because what you actually lose is very little. Mm-hmm. you know uh you're losing less time and you can try something different yes uh in this kind of thing the only thing that teaches me is don't go down this thing that i wasn't warned about <laughs> do it slap my wrist do it again yeah and and that it to me is crummy mm-hmm. uh the version with the with the the uh checkpoints at every tr- screen transition uh, made that game a thousand times better yeah agreed and I'm somebody uh, who likes, I've, I've liked Final Fantasy XII since the beginning. Uh, I, I like the autosave that is added in the remake. The, the remake is the definitive version of that to play. Every single thing they add in the remake makes that game so much better. Like two letter, two letter grades better. Uh huh. They're all, you know, when you earlier, when you said barbarism, like that is what it feels like a little bit. <laughs> you know, it, it is an outmoded design thing that is like you buy something with it, you can gain a feeling from it, but it just mm-hmm. feels like it is a outdated like nutrient yeah. to get. Like you can get those same things in other more elegant ways that are less ham-handed and punitive. Yeah. You like, I, I don't know. Uh, just uh, making a game that is exciting uh, solely, you know, in large part because of the way that it handles saves, it feels a little bit like, um, uh, you know, making a book exciting because the chapters are longer. And if you misread something, you have to go back to the beginning of the chapter. I don't know. Like, yeah. there are better ways to, uh, uh, you know, make the game intrinsically uh, in- intrinsically rewarding to play because of, I don't know, mechanics and stuff, as opposed to uh, how much of it they're going to force you to redo if you, if you, if you fall below, 
uh, perfection or, you know, per- performance because yeah. I can't be anybody but myself. You know, the idea that like, oh, you only feel this way because of, uh, um, you know, because of the job, you know, when I, when I said earlier, like, oh, that's, that's something that'll make you give up a game. I'm speaking specifically of when I tried to play the final fantasy three remake on the, the DS dude, yeah, <laughs> awful with no, you know, very, very long dungeons with no end dungeon saves. Uh, right. And there's a bunch of stuff. That game is way too slow on the, uh, on the, uh, DS version. Uh, not a great game, uh, by, by any stretch, but the thing that made me put it down, that made me lose all patience with it was losing the progress and being kicked back to the last town that I was in after a very lengthy trek into a dungeon just to be devoured because of the way the job system is handled. And because I didn't know how to navigate it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, man i don't like that game um <laughs> that remake yeah, either version out, of it yeah, like, yeah. And, you know then that remake came out in like uh 20 2009 2010 something like that you know before i was, I was so doing this me too yeah. it's like oh my god it's one of the ones we never got yeah uh, so excited and just uh just it just feels it feels hateful to me it activates so again there's like a truth in the middle thing i think that uh-huh. people who are critical of my like critical acumen think that I am very impatient and I do not like, uh, be, you know, having to, to have my time wasted. And that's Mm -hmm. true. Uh, that has always been true, but also like there's truth in there's, there's merit to that complaint. It's not like I am constantly jumping at shadows about having my time wasted. Mm -hmm. I might be more sensitive about it than some people, Yeah, but also come the fuck on. Like there's gotta be a limit of how much, you want to just have your wrist slapped and hey, do it again. You know? I, I, I feel like we line up pretty well on what makes us impatient versus not, you know, obviously yeah. there are some differences, but like we're in the same zip code, if not the same neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Um, anybody who has watched my streams, if you try and come at me and say, I'm impatient. No fucker. Yeah. No, I am not an impatient <laughs> man. <laughs> the, any of the, like I, it's part of the reason why I don't, do those like i don't stream or youtube a game where Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get stuck on a part and just have to do it over and over again yeah because i do not trust i don't want to be on display during those moments it's a really bad place to be it's not fun (laughs) yeah it's not it's not fun and i won't be fun Uh during that it makes me and everyone who's interfacing with me less happy and worse (laughs) to be there it's like it's just harm uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh, and it's the, the biggest difference for you and I in that is with roguelikes versus yeah. like strategy games. Right. So like the reason why a roguelike doesn't activate that wasting time feeling for me is that I can try something different yes. in, in the good ones, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and the reason why sometimes a long form strategy game or like earlier when you're talking about the pathologic play mm-hmm. will activate that in me because I can fail after a long time commitment. Yeah. You know, like, yes, I can try a new game of Frostpunk. And I like, I like Frostpunk a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not me talking shit about Frostpunk at all. But I can I can die on the, the final thing in Frostpunk. And I'm more likely to be like, that's my story. Yeah. You know, yeah. than to be like, time to start over again and do those five or six hours again. Right. You know, and that's what saves it for me. But I'm mm-hmm. not like, yep, time to go. Like, what could, time to go again. <laughs> Let, let's From the top. Top Gun from the top. <laughs> you know, I do not understand that that feeling yeah uh it's uh it, it, you know it, i just so somehow we got onto pace of play as opposed to as opposed to save stuff but yeah it's yeah, uh well, yeah it's related um man just uh i don't know 
by, by the time you bought a PlayStation, it was you know your own money as opposed to just living on the largesse of whatever your family would give you for Christmas. We mm-hmm. had the one memory card and the idea of using more than a single slot, um, you know, for a game, even if a game, like if a game required two slots, it's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, cause we only have 15, we only have yeah. 15 slots. Um, and you know, there we go. That got me into lots of bad situations where I saved it, where I saved in a, saved myself into a corner, uh, because I didn't have any backup saves. And that is still sometimes a hard habit to break. It was awful. Uh, yeah. You know, what, what was the game that needed, uh, there's a game that was popular enough. I can't remember what it was, but needed 15 slots. Like it used the whole card. Oh, uh, Diablo one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Diablo used to use the whole card. Yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> that's fucking wild. Uh, yeah. that was, I always thought an external memory card felt like fucking penny anti cheap shit yep. from the console manufacturer. Mm-hmm. I would rather have them, have them just add 15 or $20 to the cost of the console and put that thing internal. Agreed. You know, I have some internal memory. Uh, that's always bugged me. Yeah. Um, you know, Sega Saturn had that, but it was on a uh, battery. And, you know, you had battery saves internal, and there was no way to replace that battery without losing all your saves. Uh, yeah, just it's it, it's so much better now. Uh huh. In so many ways. Um, one of the things uh, with checkpoints versus quick loading. So that is the the typical thing that you know in the Slack when this has come up is the idea that uh, whether being able to quick save before do something doing something and considering that like having the part of your brain start operating on i'm going to make my own checkpoints uh for a certain gamer typographic psychographic like ruins immersion like they cannot where do you land on that like i am very comfortable partitioning a part of my mind to be like this is the checkpoint part of my mind and this is me that's like hey this is going to be tough and it's going to be cool if i pull it off uh i'm going to quick save yeah. You know, I want to uh to try this cool thing in Dishonored. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, like this is not a this is a situation where I do want to be caught. This is a situation where I don't. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going to try this and see if I can do it without getting caught. Uh that does not is not a huge amount of mental overhead for me personally. Yeah. Uh same. I'm able to partis- to partition that, you know, pretty well. I would much rather be able to uh follow my whims and try stuff and experiment without being kicked back um, and punished with repetition for far too long. Uh, what I buy from being in charge of my own, uh, of my own checkpoints uh, is well worth any friction that, that, uh, that, that, that is uh, brought you know, bringing in. Uh, obviously the best, the best solution is to have both, you know, rolling auto saves at checkpoints plus your quick save, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for me, the argument against having quick saves anywhere is, the fact that it can kind of become a uh, an attractive nuisance it's like oh it is way too easy to fall into de- degenerate play where you're you know quick saving at every reload right uh, yeah that's the difference like that is the 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 thing is yeah. whether and i think that's the uh the kind of the core gamer psychographic thing that is at the heart of this is whether yeah. that will be a temptation to you uh, and I think that's also related to a general, like how much control do you want versus how much control do you want to cede right. to a developer? And, and I am very comfortable having full control. I'm extremely comfortable having full control primarily because in situations where I have started to rely too much on quick save, that isn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> like to 
try and constantly save, um, to, you know, to try and constantly recover uh, a situation that may have been fucked well before uh, the moment where you decide to just keep retrying everything over and over again um, is not a fun way to play. Uh, I ran into that very early on with uh, Half-Life, you know, back in mm-hmm. the day. I think that might have been one of the first first person shooters that I played that really, you know, put auto, you know, quick save at the at the four, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that or Quake. You know, I, either case, I just found myself, you know, <laughs> t- taking out a guy, quick saving. Now that guy is down. No, that's not fun. I had more fun when I went back to the beginning of an encounter um, and tried to play it a different way. Uh, yeah. And so, like, understanding that you can work yourself into those situations where you're constantly putting good money after bad into something that may have been lost well before you started the repetition loop. Um, uh, you know, that knowledge, uh, keeps me from, uh, following that, uh, that, that attractive nuisance for being tempted, uh, into the, the, that version of play. Yeah. It, it's, uh, whether, whether it's something where you can stop if you're having fun, you know, uh, and something, something you said about, or if you're not having fun, rather yeah. two things that made me think of is one with degenerate play, a lot of times when I get to that point where I notice I'm doing something that's not fun, mm-hmm. the alternative is not fun either. Yeah. So I think about uh, dead cells like that dead cell trap builds tend to be my like go to example for non fun degenerate play. Right. Uh, the alternative wasn't that fun for me at a certain point. Like it was fine, <laughs> right. but I wasn't psyched by it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, yes, if somebody, you know, it's like, oh, the, the trap plays bad. Just stop doing it. I did. And it oh. also sucked and it wasn't effective. Yeah, you know, uh, the other thing I think about is with Half Life, how often quick saves or save anywhere freedoms are just used to make a game feel more modern. Like when you're doing those quick saves at the beginning of encounters instead of after every reload, you're emulating a guiding hand of auto saves. Yeah, that way, uh, and I then that's perfectly fine. Or like I guide, think that there's no no generalizing that. You're emulating a guiding hand of checkpots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. You said the guiding hand of autosaves. I just want to be clear. Oh, yeah, like a, like an auto saving checkpoint. Uh-huh. The, uh huh. The the squares and rectangles. Yeah. Um. You know the uh. Yeah. Like you're you're making it so it feels more modern. Yeah. You know, and I I, I can't see the vice in that. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's a it's a highly subjective thing because if it ruins someone's experience, it ruins their experience. Yeah. Like there's no there's no getting around that. But for me, it just makes it better. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it's not, I love friction. It's, mm-hmm. that is not friction that I'm interested in. Give me more, a more interesting friction. I deserve something more interesting. Yes. Than that. You know, uh, give me a, a more interesting version of that. Um, yeah. I am comfortable having the control, uh, not to, uh, make a pun, but the, like, you know, I compare it to the difficulty options in control or pathologic Two, uh, you know, or Celeste, any of those where, uh, they give you a Sunday bar approach to how mm-hmm. you want to take this. A Sunday bar approach to you know save games, I think, is uh, is really worthwhile. And I don't know how much of that is because of my own experience. You know, dealing with pretty much all of the examples that Pickle Factory laid out the uh, the save game floppy, the battery backup on the SNES that you know you, if you just jostled the system would de- would delete all your saves. You know, the absolute worst feeling. Yeah. Like there's there's nothing worse than that. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I found out what a mule save is. Okay. Uh, that is like a an unlocked everything save. Like you download the save and it is unlocked everything in like GTA. Oh, okay. 
Uh, I don't have very much experience with those uh, just because, you know, and no, no moral objection to them. It just, that's not interesting to me. The closest thing that we have, the closest thing to that, that we have commented about is the special versions of the NES games on the switch online. Yeah. You know, where like here's Zelda two, but you have all the power. So you don't have to grind. Yeah. That's great. Yes. You know, but I don't want it. That's, that's the appropriate amount of work to get it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like go online and search for one really. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that's going to be it for, for Q&A stuff. I think so. Now it is time to read your responses to July's games. Yeah. Uh, I'll get started here with Eric, who writes in about Children of Morta. Eric says, I like Children of Morta, but I've got one gigantic qualm. How are you going to name a character, Uncle Ben? That name has already been claimed by Spider-Man and Rice. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Just picturing a big boardroom, except instead of people sitting on the chairs around the table, there's just a single grain of rice on the table mm-hmm. <laughs> where each chair is. I'm just imagining a uh, a big bowl filled with Spider-Man and rice <laughs> as like a, a like a cool new food cart that opened up. Yeah, no, that's my uh, that's my favorite. Uh, uh, you know, just a uh, you know Asian fusion order <laughs> struggle meal. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since um, the Clone Saga, that's cheap protein. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, that's dark. <laughs> Just hunting and killing Spider-Man. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't they have personalities and loves and dreams? Some of them do. Okay. All right. Uh, that's all we got for Children of Morta. Uh, uh, moving on to Castlevania 2. Abram writes, Castlevania 2 uh, has been a game that I've ignored for a while, but my love of Zelda 2, uh, with my love of Zelda 2, I thought uh, this was a good prompt to play it. I love this weird time in the NES when series broke and did things uh, different with their formula. When Cole brought up passwords coming back, uh, I was shocked by Gary's cold silence. Was this just a road too far? Then I realized that my Bluetooth speaker died. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to say that Infernax brought passwords back, uh, but just for cheats. Infernax is an awesome ode to Castlevania 2 and Zelda 2 uh, with some other NES stuff in there. Just stellar. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, really want to play. play. Yeah, I want to yeah. play Infernax a lot. That'll, that'll show up on WAF at some point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Ryan says, convenient timing for this WAF as the Castlevania collection was on sale at the end of June for $5. While I can't say I played Castlevania 2 as a child due to satanic panic, I really can see myself forcing my way through this obtuse adventure because the gameplay really is solid still. Some of the enemy placements don't work from every approach, and the bosses are all basically non-issues, but the world feels so full of mystery and secrets that I can't help but admire all the effort that went into the game. It's certainly weaker than the its NES contemporaries and much easier since you can grind for 30 minutes at the start and get a large power increase from the change whip, chain whip. But for 1987-1988, it really has no more design flaws in my mind than games like Zelda 2, Blaster Master, or Fantasy Star. Also, while I'm sure it wouldn't have flown for the time, I would have loved to have Simon slowly weaken rather than become empowered as you acquired more of Dracula's composite parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the curse. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't uh, agreed. Yeah. Again, Castlevania 2 is one of the great, you know, we it comes up a lot with uh, Zelda, Zelda 1, as well as it should. But Castlevania 2 is one of the great mysterious vibe games of the NES. Agreed. Like, this this box is literally full of mystery and could do anything. Mm-hmm. You know? That's why I love it. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Love it. Um, 
Coleman writes, as a child of the 80s, Castlevania 2 was one of my first was one of the first few NES games that I owned. Uh, my guess is that I was gifted both this and Zelda 2 for Christmas of 88, being six at the time. Prior to this, I had played or at least seen the original Castlevania, Zelda and Metroid. I found those games intriguing, but too harsh and inscrutable for my child's brain to make it very far. So I was somewhat reluctant to approach Simon's Quest and The Adventure of Lake. However, with both of these games, once I booted them up, I found quickly uh, that I was walking around towns populated with characters, and for the first time interacting in some way other than shooting, stabbing, or jumping on their head. These NPCs just made the world seem so much more open and alive to my childlike imagination. Uh, it was one thing to wander through a dark wood or abandoned castle fighting zombies and goblins. For me, uh, it was quite another thing to say hi to someone on the street or wander into their basement and hear something like, you've got a friend in the town of Algeba. Where the hell is Algeba? I have to find my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think Simon's Quest and Adventure of Link helped pave the way for my interest in games like Final Fantasy, where I could, again, get to know the world through the townspeople and, on the other hand, turn me on to later games like Super Metroid, recognizing that it uh, that its non-linear 2D world uh, would be one where I could probe every corner for secrets. Looking back, I personally see Simon's Quest as the NES's best stab into the Metroidvania concept, uh, having an aesthetically well-put-together world, despite falling apart in the back half especially. I replayed Simon's Quest when the Castlevania collection came out a couple of years ago, and although I loved revisiting the world, I was disappointed uh, especially with the repetitive mansions and the lackluster bosses. In my opinion, uh, this is one of the NES games most in need of a remake. I would love to see them keep the towns uh, and overworld pretty much as is, rehash the mansions and add a few bosses while adding some challenge to the existing bosses, and of course, some quality of life like save points. I might expand the world a little, but not too much. I'm happy with the bite-sized length. I think that the, there's a, a class of gamer who's gonna would say like, "Oh, the remake of this is Symphony of the Night." Yeah, but it, it's really not. Like that isn't a, a big world. You know, I, w- I would love a big open world side scrolling <laughs> Castlevania. The the the, the big uh, the 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 remake of this is Order of Ecclesia. Yeah, yeah, basically. You know, with with just levels instead of the world, but like yeah. very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, agreed. Again, someday mm-hmm. we're going to do Adventures of Link for uh, for the show, and that that game is hateful and grindy mm-hmm. uh, at certain points. But I I have similar affections for it as being uh, a real trailblazer in terms of softening me up for different types of games. Same. Yeah, love them shits. <laughs> uh, moving on to responses about control. Uh, Noel, who is who sponsored the episode, thank you, Noel, uh, says, Hey, y'all, thanks for covering the game. I was surprised a little to see how polarizing it was on the Slack. It's one of the best examples of a game that, for me, is carried almost entirely by the vibe. On replaying it, I realized that the weird SCP stuff was so riveting to me that I'd forgotten things like the silly crafting system entirely. Are there any games that you like in spite of themselves in this way? Oh, sure. Control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would be one. Yeah, <laughs> I rather like to control. Uh, did, doesn't not have problems, but and tweet. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, you just Noel just tweeted it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, control is one of them. Uh, Silent Hill Four uh, has really, really flawed play, but the vibe is just real on point mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, yeah there, yeah. there, there are lots of them. Yeah, 
and, and a lot of times I always notice this kind of stuff. I don't, I can't, I've never been able to relate to the person who forgets mm-hmm. like tons of people are like, I literally forgot there was a crafting system and control. And I was like, how, how can you forget that? It's your reward <laughs> for half of the bosses. Yeah. You know, uh, but I, I'm jealous of that, that ability to forget. I always notice it, but there mm-hmm. are lots of things I like in spite of it. Yes. So. Uh, Levi writes, when I played control, I was giddy. The game perfectly captures the feel of the SCP foundation. Uh, I have tried to get people to understand my interest in SCP for years. I even have a podcast called SCP Real to Real, wherein I read the files so people can listen instead of uh, read the files themselves. I used to compare it to Warehouse 13 and Friday the 13th, the TV series. Now I can compare it to Control, but this hasn't helped, unfortunately, as no one I know has seen those shows or played this game. Thanks for covering it. It, I thought this game had a lot, like, huge penetration. I thought uh, so, too. But, like, uh, you know, when, when you're talking to game folks, they probably, you know, I don't know, maybe this just because of the people I know, most people who are aware enough of games to have paid attention to control at least have a passing familiarity with what SCP is. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, man, and good uh, Friday the 13th, the TV series poll. Mm-hmm. That series is great. It's wonderful. Ryan says... The small comment I want to make is how this game has a lot of tell, don't show. I've gotten into internet arguments about this, but as cool as the oldest house is, I feel like we really only glimpse a bit of the odd, and while a light touch is good, it is at odds with the great pickups and codex entries. Seriously, this game, and maybe the Last of Us series, have the only collectibles I go in on and really read, which, for this, serves the SCP vibe, but I wanted to see a lot more weirdness. It reminds me a bit of the weird-ass kids movie, The Peanut Butter Solution, where they can paint anything into existence, but tend to just paint houses. Hmm. The movie might work as an adaptation decay for Mario 64. Anyway, do you folks feel that control was more telling than showing? I think it works despite that, but it does kind of stick in the old craw. I, I wanted to see more weird stuff. Yeah. Like, it, you know, of course I did. I always want to see more weird stuff, like learning about the development of this and how there were interior weather conditions and like you know, incursion events that yeah. you had to fight against stuff. All that stuff sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the end, it turned out to be a video game. In the end, the giant inverted black pyramid told you how to upgrade your gun. <laughs> you know, I just have come to peace with that, but I, I yeah. agree that it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. I think that it's not because they didn't want to show it. I think that maybe it was a, it was a budget concern, you know, setting everything in the oldest house meant that they didn't have to design a whole lot of assets. Honestly, yeah. you know, they can just kind of use the use the office brush for a for for a good deal of it. Um, uh, and I think that making whole areas that are around the way that are designed around the way a particular object of power would have influenced it just wasn't in the remit for the scope of the project. If I was mm-hmm. guessing, you know, just you know, from the outside, uh, I think that maybe that is something that is going to be fixed in Control Two, uh, specifically. You know, I know nothing about the development, but the fact that it has a bigger a bigger budget uh, makes me think that they're going to be a little bit more ambitious uh, with uh, with showing a little bit more about what these are. That said, the stuff that is there in the in the you know in the documents, you know, the writing and the world building stuff, it's it's real good that I'm happy to have it in any way that we can and the game would be lesser without it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically where I fall as well. Yeah. 
Uh, Ryan says, Control has a firm place in the unfortunate category of games that I couldn't push through for the story, despite how strong it is. The idea of the oldest house is fantastic, and the art direction and design can really capture the feeling of otherworldly unease at times. Still, there were plenty of bland office areas and hallways uh, to make me wish that they had uh, leaned it uh, full bore uh, sorry, leaned to full bore and had the level shifting around you during combat encounters, even if just during scripted wave-based sequences. Similarly, the powers that are on display can be exceedingly cool, but often feels like the enemies get all the best goodies, uh, and the player uh, and the players have a much more standard array uh, that wouldn't be out of place in the decade-old Mass Effect Two. All this would have been disappointing, but fine uh, for me, uh, though, if I hadn't been so confused by almost all of the gameplay choices, combined middling to bad combat and controls with bosses that vary wildly in difficulty and quality, uh, and eventually any good will is going to run out for me. I, I think this is just a currency spends differently thing like this this sentiment i relate to really hard there are tons of games where i'm interested in the story but the play just puts me off and i run out of gas yeah control just it wasn't beyond the pale for me Mm -hmm. like that like i got to the end and turn you know it was like i'm gonna turn down the difficulty because i'm bored yeah you know if it didn't have those options if i just had to power through i might be where ryan was Mm -hmm. you know with this like i i'm sunnier on it but i definitely i don't think ryan's wrong yeah these these complaints make sense yeah uh, valid complaints. It's just your your mileage is going to vary whether that you know is a killing blow or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naveen says, "Very excited to hear you guys' thoughts on Control. Despite its flaws, it remains one of my favorite games of the past few years. It shines by being a beautiful tour of a basically haunted house with slick presentation and a strong sense of style. Of course, it stumbles in the actual play of the game, which never rises beyond competent shooter and hits some very frustrating difficulty spikes far too often. It's an odd one to me, as I'm usually a gameplay first person, but the aesthetic and narrative delights waiting around every corner more than make up for the interactivity being an afterthought. I wonder if somebody younger than me, who did not grow up on the X-Files, would find as much delight in the lore of Control, or if this is just catnip for 30-something dudes who can still quote Fox Mulder. Uh, in any case, as long as Remedy keeps making weirdo shooters with killer visuals, I'll still play them, despite being second-class shooters in the actual play. If I uh, knew anybody under 30, I would tell you. <laughs> yep. All the people I know who are under 30 are way young. You know? I, I, this is the, I don't actually feel that way about Remedy at all, generally. This uh-huh. is the thing that did it. This is the one that is good enough to make up for their crappy shoots. Mm-hmm. You know, they find to me, it's like they finally did it. Yeah. Uh, this, and I don't, I'm not particularly hopeful about control Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe it'll be good. I'm curious about this world and stuff, but the uh-huh. developer hasn't. And the, the fact that they tie it into existing lore is a huge bummer to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, that makes, that is a warning sign. Yeah. So I, I will, I'm curious. I will keep mm-hmm. an eye out, but it's not like something where I did not have that loyalty and this did not buy it permanently. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me yeah the remedy seems like a company that given the resources and the temptation and especially the validation would regress to the mean you know yeah like uh you know we talked about that with just even over the course of control itself uh that thing that's going to be there it's a, it's it, it, like that is a cautious like you know a, a cautious buy early and play early for me uh but that's just based on what i know right now and based on my affection for the original control uh more than anything 
Um, but like, just like I understand Ryan's complaints, you know, like Naveen, your perspective on this isn't that unusual. I mean, there are lots of folks who go in for vibes over play. That's yeah, you know, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like, it's very common. It's the rare thing that breaks through to me that does that, but it's not uncommon as far as a gamer psychographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sean writes, Control is one of my favorite games of the last decade, even though that comes with a bunch of asterisks attached. But mostly, I love the writing. It's clear that the, the, the developers studied SCP and tailored the in-game voice of the Bureau to match it. Uh, it also leads to some moments of great humor, like the recording of the scientist exposing an item to various substances and getting no results. Similarly, uh, the dialogue of the otherworldly entities, like the board and the hiss, don't have that Final Fantasy style of just being sinister. They really sound uncomprehending of our concerns. And the performances. I love Matthew Peretta as Dr. Darling uh, in his various live action segments, and I love that we never truly find out what happened to him. Although I think it's clear that he disappeared into that slide. Sean Dury has a lot of memorable memorable lines as Dylan, too, and I think his facial animation captures the idea that uh, we can never be sure if it's him or the Hiss talking. Courtney Hope does a great job as Jessie. Uh, I've heard some people refer to her as detached, but I think she comes across as a survivor who is hardened by years of lies and trauma. Uh, but it's not all good. The game's level design is clearly meant to be a metroidvania, and sometimes exploring can feel that way, but I wish the rewards you get from chess were more valuable. The perks system with weapons uh, was something that I never touched, because I hate the idea of putting earned resources into a chance at a few percent more damage. Um, the attempts to make the game uh, perpetual, with its side missions popping up, also feel like a waste. It's a classic problem. Similarly, uh, the combat can get a little samey, uh, but I didn't find the game too tough, so shrug. Uh, the best thing I can say about the parts that I didn't like uh, was that they didn't get in the way of the parts I did. In the parts I liked, I really liked. Yeah. Um, generally, yeah, generally agree. Like, mm-hmm. the, the mechanical stuff, the failings hit me a little bit harder, but it's still balanced out as something I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the... Uh, not to again, not to bag on Final Fantasy because that's that's my thing, <laughs> but uh, the contrast that Sean's talking about to me feels like the fact that it's so rare in video games that we get an otherworldly presence that actually feels like it has alien motivation. Yeah, you know, uh, Final Fantasy will have a giant tick come from space at the end, and it will be like, <laughs> "I will kill you all." Yeah, you know, I can't wait to destroy the, the Earth. It's like what you know that's that's boring <laughs> as hell, uh, yeah. and it happens in every single one. Well, uh, I mean, it, I'm going to say this with, uh, with with twelve, the Acuria and Vana uh, do, uh, do are more interesting than the usual Zeromus uh, Necron kind of approach. Yeah, but not the board interesting. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's a it's a gradient, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it could be not as bad as Zeromus while still not being, you know, what I really really want from an alien presence. Yeah. You know, uh, and Control does a really great job. Mm-hmm. Of having a uh, you know something that is from this other world actually feel like it's from another world, mm-hmm. something I really value. Yeah. So, also good at that from soft games. Agreed. You know, like the the motivations are almost never "I will knock you all down" bullshit. <laughs> it, except for now, they are really into having one great warrior who uh, has an insatiable lust for battle show up at the end. Like that's their new kink. Uh huh. And it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, it's so like 
God, I can't wait for people to yell at me about not liking Horaloo. Uh, just it's it's so silly. I am the warrior. Yeah, <laughs> I will stop you for no reason. Yeah. I will stop you. I'm so mad. Oh, I, like how he's, I like how he's Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> he's a, he's basically Randy Savage. Like there's not that big of a difference. The demigods have been given permission to do wrestling moves on the children. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh and finally uh vincent has to say uh control made a solid first impression bodies eerily suspended in midair geography changing when i looked away a general air of bureaucratic weirdness but it didn't last long i'm not sure i've ever played a game so consistently disappointing a fun enough combat system ruined by wild damage spikes the hiss a hostile otherworldly entity with exactly zero personality or character this is it's funny that this came out right after we just said that that's a good thing about it uh enemies who are almost all generically possessed soldier guys Ten thousand codex entries that quickly devolve into variations of kitschy but commonplace object has telekinesis uh dozens upon dozens of bathrooms to check even though only three of them had any actual content and possibly the least compelling i need to find my last family member plot i've ever encountered Jesse's search for Dylan feels patently forced and artificial, and every time the game pushed it to the foreground, I resented it a little bit more. I closed control and discussed multiple times, and if it hadn't been for early 2020 pandemic brain, I almost certainly wouldn't have finished it. It almost won me back with some decent storytelling towards the end, but the final combat gauntlet was such a miserable, unnecessary slog that I vowed never to think about control again. And then the next morning I went back. I don't know why, but I sat down, picked up the controller and went to clean up my unfinished missions. And boys, I kind of loved it. I loved post credits control. Partly it was being able to explore the map with a full toolbox unlocked. Partly it was being leveled up and stocked with damage mods, but largely I think it was the context. I was no longer playing as Jesse Faden, affectless weirdo searching for a brother I didn't give a shit about. I was director Faden, superpowered bureaucrat, cleaning up my facility after an otherworldly assault. I was uh, hovering around, kicking ass, collecting oddities, and not reading codexes. I had a new mission and a cool Mirror Universe outfit. I ran through the Foundation DLC, and it was great. I've never turned around on a game like this, and it taught me a lot about what works and what doesn't, at least for me, in narrative design fascinating when i played the other dlc which was just basically a commercial for alan wake 2 uh it seems like a real down note to end on but maybe it landed better with wakeheads <laughs> and then uh there's a little epigraph uh quoting me i wish more games had osha compliant number of bathrooms uh gary butterfield monkey's paw haver <laughs> uh, i love the bathrooms in control oh yeah yeah, I, I just I want there to I all I care about whenever I see a piece of fiction is where do these people piss? It actually <laughs> made me not like Adventure Time because I was like, you mean to tell me this dog doesn't have to be taken out? <laughs> and in this like magical candy land, is it pissing rainbows on like a, a mint bush? Like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Where piss does where get... does Flynn where does Finn take shits? Uh, <laughs> you know where, where, where's Finn shitting? <laughs> yeah. Does a Finn shit in the woods? I must know. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I like this perspective uh, of just, uh, showing that the motivation for what you're doing or, you know, just having the run of the place as opposed to being walked through the storyline, um, changing your perspective on, on everything, mm-hmm. you know, here, just enjoying the, enjoying the post time that is usually so opposite of the way that I feel, uh, the way that most of the people I talk about feel, uh, that I like seeing it represented here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I like the, uh, uh, it kind of underlines something we talk about on the show or on the network sometimes is that like the context matters, 
You yes. Know? Uh, the biggest example is when we talked about Witcher 3 and how mm-hmm. that game works because you're a Witcher, like that your job matters intensely mm-hmm. in that game, that this is kind of shades of that. Yes. Like one of those things being the director fighting this off seemed cool and the other one didn't mm-hmm. for Vincent. And like, I get that. Yeah. 100%. Agreed mode. Agreed mode. Uh, it's time to go into the announcement zone. Announcement zone. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the announcement zone, uh, I'm going to do a highlight. Yeah. For this episode. If you are a non-white straight cis dude and you have a project and you would like to possibly uh, get some more people to check it out, uh, send it to the uh, the Duckfeed highlight, which is at uh, Gary at DuckFeed.tv. Mm. Um, this week... I'm talking about a couple projects by uh, Kami or Jace or Kami Jace, uh, who uh, does two podcasts right now. The first is The Weekly Cooldown, which is a video games news podcast, uh, digging through video game news, uh, talking about some serious topics related to to games. Uh, And they are also the host and working on season two of The Greatest Gaming Game Show Ever, which is a gaming trivia podcast, uh, which uh, this person is the host. Uh, they develop the questions and they give away money to charity each episode. Very nice. Yeah. You should definitely check that out. We have been invited at some point to go on that quiz show and I'm excited because I love quiz shows. I love quiz shows. Uh, we did one a while back. Uh, that was a good time. I feel feel very bad that I didn't, uh, that I don't remember the name. Uh, but Uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, that sounds super fun. Yeah. And uh, this this all seems really cool. I, I was checking out, I, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing. That is going to be something that's going to happen. I need to, yes. uh, if you send in anything, please send in a pronunciation guide. Please do. Because uh, I'm dog shit and that <laughs> kind of stuff. But I, I do believe this is Cami Jace uh, because uh, they say I go by Cami slash Jace or Cami mm-hmm. Jace. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and again, that is uh, the weekly cooldown and the greatest gaming game show ever. Yeah both really good names for shows the weekly cooldown is i'm surprised that wasn't taken same yeah yeah uh what should we announce next we're full of fucking announcements yeah um people are probably waiting to hear what we're covering in uh september yep yeah so next month we are going to be talking about final fantasy 12 we have two episodes about that um uh, talking specifically about the zodiac age version uh if you're going to play it play the zodiac age version it's the one that's most easy to get a hold of right now the uh quality of life improvements are fucking necessary uh, i would say yes uh and then our premium episode is going to be uh wario land 4 the one for game boy advance which i'm excited to get into me too i i've never actually beat it i've played a lot of it Mm-hmm. Uh, this, a couple of people have asked, this does not mean we won't do other Wario games. Yes. Uh, it's more of a problem that we've waited this long uh-huh. to do a Wario game than, you know, that wasn't an intentional thing. Mm-hmm. It was an accident. Uh, in September, getting us started, uh, the first game we're doing is Bug Snacks. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a patron support episode, a game I've been very curious about. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about it other than the viral song. <laughs> and it looks cute. But we're doing Bug Snacks. Yeah. Baby. <laughs> hey, bug <everybody>. snacks baby <laughs> bug snacks that's where they're sacked uh yeah bug snacks mm-hmm. uh we're doing that and then the middle of the month is going to be another big two-parter and also one that has been long awaited we're doing a two-parter on metal gear solid five yeah. um so uh ground zeros is the prologue and then uh the phantom pain 
uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this. We have talked about doing this forever. That is another patron uh, demand. And uh, I used my I used my vanity pick to make it a two parter because fuck to doing that whole thing. zeros on there. It did. Yeah. yeah. I I want to throw something out. Like I like this game. I played it before. Mm-hmm. I am not going to keep going when the missions just start repeating. Yes. I'm going to do the story missions. I'm going to research the rest. That can make somebody mad if they want to be mad. Mm-hmm. It is a long enough game just doing the part where it stops repeating context. context. Yeah. So uh, just, and if you, you can do, you go with God, Cole, but mm-hmm. if somebody wants to be mad at me about that, I'm calling my shot right now. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm doing. I did it in the past and I've done enough of it to know that like the story stuff that happens there is real cool, but like it's cool in a way that I, that one could get by watching YouTubes of the, of the cutscenes. So it's extremely bizarre that they just sprinkled it out throughout the second half of the game. Yeah. Like here is a harder version of the first half of the game where one out of every 10 missions has new content. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's misguided. I, I know I don't want to reward that kind of behavior. <laughs> I, will not, I, I will not sanction this buffoonery. Yeah, that is that is buffoonery to me. Yeah. Uh, our premium episode for that month. Uh, this is uh, from our list of short games we both want to do. So this mm-hmm. is not sponsored. Are we doing Carrion? Yeah. Uh, short uh, this... game because Metal Gear Solid Five is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and October will definitely be spicy as well, even though we don't have it planned out yet. Yes. Carrion, uh, Metroidvania game where you are playing as the monster. It's kind of like, what if you were the thing from the thing? Uh, very interesting game. Uh, I think that, uh, this is one that people who have played it want to hear about and, uh, I think more people should play it. So yeah. Yeah. And kind of soft moves us into October, Mm -hmm. you know, not quite spooky adjacent while not being an explicit horror game. Also something I've wanted to play Mm -hmm. since I saw it and then just didn't have time. So I'm really excited. Yeah. About that. Uh, so yeah, uh, September's games, Bug Snacks, Metal Gear Solid Five, and Carrion. If you yeah. have if you have any thoughts on uh, any of the games that are coming up, uh, write in by the fifteenth of the month in which those episodes air. So Final Fantasy Twelve and Wario, um, uh, August the fifteenth, Metal Gear Solid, Bug Snacks, and Carrion. September the fifteenth, go to duckfeed.tv slash contact. Uh, use the WAF button there. Write in. If you have thoughts about multiple games, please send multiple responses. That makes my job possible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, before we announce what is happening for Orb, cool, a tiny little bit of business. Okay. Um, I need to use some network funds because I need to grab a dust filter for a Hoover Max Extract Pressure Pro Model 60. I um, don't think we, I mean, we're doing well. I don't think we have v- uh, enough enough laying around to get a new dust filter for a Hoover Max, whatever you just said. Extract Pressure Pro Model 60? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I want have to, to have that memorized. That. Yeah. Uh, dust filter for Hoover Max Extract Pressure Pro Model 60. Yes. Model 60, I think, is going to be the hard one to remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> That's fake. That's from a <laughs> thing. That's from a thing that we're going to be spending a long time talking about. <laughs> uh, we, we've threatened to do it for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our first original extracurricular bonding things. Oh, yeah. Just you, the, do you remember that? Like, I mean, the, the, the early WAF extrasodes where it was just 20 minutes as a, of us being like, holy shit. Holy shit. This thing that just happened to Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. Like we even had, we had a musical sting for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, so we are, we're introducing our podcast to replace orb best quality vacuums. Yep. Best quality vacuums talking about breaking bad and then better call Saul El Camino thrown in the, uh, thrown in the middle there. Uh, yeah, uh, this, <laughs> it's a crowded space. There's not necessarily a dearth of people talking about these shows. 
you know, or just doing recap, uh, recaps of prestige television in general. But this is a show that, uh, like both of you, like, like you said, Gary, I was going to come in with this, like us talking about this. It was one of those early bonding things and we've been doing it kind of extracurricular, extracurricularly for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we had been threatening to, to do this for a long while. Uh, we had joked about calling this the crystal chronicles. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is a funny joke answer that we, yeah. uh, have which people. <laughs> yeah. It would, it would, po- it would poison our SEO. So best quality vacuum as kind of the, uh, the, 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 the lore bit that connects all three of those properties set in this weird kind of comic <laughs> cartoony universe where horrible things happen, uh, and people are morally ambiguous the uh it is a crowded space it is not hard to find two white guys talking about this show Mm -hmm. the thing that i think that we can bring to it you know uh is just you know unique perspective that's the minimum everybody can do that you know we're we're us and we're gonna make the jokes we're gonna make and we're gonna we're gonna goof around the way that we are we're also starting this uh by the time we start it the show will be done Mm-hmm. But our call saw will be done. We will have a full picture and we will be rewatching Breaking Bad with the full weight of history behind yeah. it, um, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, set some expectations. Uh, this is going to be a casual uh, show, by which I mean, um, you know, I'm planning on checking out the, the podcast, the Insider podcast, uh, things like that. We're going to do some research, but we are not trying to make a bonfire side chat. Yeah. Uh, for this, there are Easter eggs and stuff that we're going to miss because the shows are full of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be experiential and our reactions. Yeah. To these things. Yeah. Uh, also, just set expectations. So, this is replacing Orb, our show about the Venture Brothers. Venture Brothers is a 22 minute cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a prestige television show where episodes can be anywhere between 40 minutes and a full hour. Uh, and that is consequently double the prep, which means that we are going to have to have the release schedule. Yep. Uh, it's going to become, it's a fortnightly. It's going to be on alternate, uh, weeks from days of future cast. Yes. So that we're getting that something comes out every Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, vibe, even though days of future cast has been on brief hiatus cause I was sick. It's uh-huh. coming back this weekend. Uh, as we're recording this, you'll hear a new episode on Saturday. Um, and this will be on every other weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were wrapping up the last two issues, episodes of orb. Uh, and then I would like to wait for better, better call Saul to end mm-hmm. before we start this. Um, so there'll be a little break, which has typically happened when we've done limited run shows. Yeah. Uh, there, um, the other thing I want to answer in advance is that when the venture brothers movie comes out, the orb, uh, you know, keep your subscription because yeah. that is where you'll cover that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So excited. yeah, keep your ear out for more, uh, for more info on that. I- I'm excited about it because I am, you know, fully in, like I woke up, I couldn't sleep last night. So I was up at 5am and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to watch last night's better call Saul because yeah. it dropped on Apple. So there we go. I watched it there. Um, and, uh, yeah, the show has been pretty important to me. Uh, love it. And I don't know. I'm just repeating myself. So yeah, we we're just both really big fans of it. So similar to, to orb with like venture brothers, like we're treating ourselves to something we really, really like. Yes. You know? And I think that that makes good content. I think so too. Uh, personally. So yeah. Uh, and it's also really nice to have something, uh, we're really psyched to look forward to because the end of venture brothers kind of ends with a fucking wet fart. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, the end of season seven is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the movie, might be good. <laughs> Anywho, uh, thanks everybody. We appreciate you listening. 
again, if you want to be highlighted, uh, Gary at duckfeed.tv. If you have responses, it's the 15th of every month at duckfeed.tv slash contact. And mm-hmm. if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. That's how you get the premium versions of the premium episodes, getting the whole episode as opposed to just the generalities. So if you want to hear us talk about Wario, uh, Wario Land 4 or Carrion in full, uh, or hear any of the, I think, 60 plus premium offs we've done so far, uh, mm-hmm. you can get you uh, can back there and get all of those. You get all of them. It's not like you just get the current months. So uh, that is a thing that is just increasing in value um, as uh, as it goes along. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I think that's about it. I think so. Ratings or reviews, telling your friends all the usual stuff. You've listened to podcasts. You know how to help them. Yeah. yeah do the things. We appreciate you. Stay safe. Don't get sick. Yeah. And uh, we hope to see you next week. <laughs>